Indie Authors Discussion is brought to you by Authors United Publishing. Are you ready to publish a book? Well, we can help. And Tim and I can help you get published and retain all copyrights and royalties. There are no hidden fees for what we offer. We publish, edit, proof, ghostwrite, and publish on paperback, hardback, Kindle, and Audible. We stay with the process until the final step is completed. We also narrate and would not be opposed to narrating your work. Our prices begin at $150 and for up to the maximum of $600 you get everything. So if you're ready, message us anytime and we can discuss what we can do for you. Now, here is Indie Authors Discussion with Tim, Lori, and Elijah Simpson. And here we are at our last episode of the season. Whoa. I can't believe it. I know. It's, it seemed like we just started this thing. It's been a lot of fun, though. Started... I thought it was like one, yeah. one day ago. When we made it, and then <laughs> it'll be this like room and like. I know we we start picking up some followers. People are starting to watch us more, especially on YouTube. We got like 28 followers now since Yo. we started. Yeah, so we're we're starting to pick up some steam now. That is exciting. Uh, we got a great, neat little show here. Uh, <clears throat> since it's our final episode, I'm going to uh, combine the entire noir series into one long story and put on this podcast and it's, it'll be here in just a minute or two. Eli has a re- recurring guest uh, yes. in the form of Miss Pat Buggins who is uh, an author. And she loves cockroaches. Yeah, she, she loves cockroaches. I remember her. And I think I heard from Melvin uh-huh. um, that she may have a new book. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be interesting. I heard that from Melvin because I think he was on the phone with her earlier to. Oh, okay. To set up the interview and stuff. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. So, how's your uh, your new format going with Melvin and uh, Ron? Oh, very good. Uh, we just bought some more snacks, putting um in our break room. Okay. okay. And then. Uh, Santa Claus eat most of all you had before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like he ate all the cookies, so I got some circus peanuts and stuff. Like I got, like all these um. All, like I got chocolate and stuff. Like, okay. yeah, I also got like lots of drinks. <clears throat> I got a little. Bit, I got yeah, I got more milk. Yes, and also some almond milk. Okay, well that's good. So, uh, so we'll see how this episode goes. The interview, the and Eli chose the final interview for the year to be Pat because I think that was one of his favorite guests that we had. Yes, she was. Um interesting the last time we had her on so uh, i can't wait to see what's in store yeah she's come back a couple times as a guest you know just as she even sat in for me for a little bit one time Mm -hmm. yeah that's right that's right and and then she thought that she was opening the podcast but it was but but you remember that you were um they wanted to be all out there like in the rain and stuff and yeah, then, yeah and so then she thought that she was um hosting yeah i remember yeah there was a bit of a confusion there. 
So, okay, so we'll uh, dive right into this episode. We hope everyone enjoys it, and we will talk to you in a bit. Eli's Moment is sponsored by Jiggly Juice Gelatin Snacks. With five wonderful and delicious flavors like avocado, carrot, eggplant, Brussels sprouts, and cucumber. You can find them on store shelves now. Mimi says it's yum, yummy. The Elijah Simpson moment, starring Elijah Simpson with Minnie Walker, Melvin Markowitz, and yours truly, Ron Williams. Today's guest is Pat Buggins, and now the star of the Eli's moment, Elijah Simpson. Welcome back to one last Eli's moment for. Well, wait, wait a minute, one, one last one. What do you mean, one last one? For the season. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the last one of the season. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You are right. <laughs> okay, Ron, what was that about? <laughs> All right. Okay. So today, as you heard from the intro, today. That's right, the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, would you calm down a little bit? Um, I can't believe what happened last time. If, if that you... was something extra special. <laughs> Ron, jeez. <laughs> What? I am just enjoying the show. Okay, well, uh, okay, I think he was wrong with fraud, but whatever. So, uh. Yeah, what, what, what do you think about that last episode there? That yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, like, uh, for one thing, he stole all of our milk. Yeah, he drank all the milk out of the refrigerator. <laughs> that was something extra special. Yeah, um, I checked the cameras that we have installed, and then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it turns out he went to our um, break room and stole uh, the milk. That actually, was funny. He stole our milk. Extra special, I'm telling you. Lashy went, uh, and he also um, ate all of our cookies. Yes, he did. He ate all our, you are right. He ate all of our cookies. Ryan, just tone it down a little bit, gee. And I think I did see a cookie box outside of our What are you telling me to tone it down for? Because you're just too loud, you're... Well, we've got a show to do here. Well, I'll tell you, this is funny stuff. Santa Claus comes in here, he sits down, and he does his interview, then he eats all of our cookies. That is funny stuff. And then I had to, and then um, we had to get um, Miss Claus a cough drop because uh, her voice was... Yeah, they have, they have cookies, but no cough drops. <laughs> that is... That is something special. Hey, Melvin, do we have any more cough drops? I think we got some in the back, yeah. Oh, okay. They didn't take the cough drops. Yeah. Uh, Taking the cough drops, that would be funny. Well, I think that, oh, uh, I think they, um, Melvin, you gave Miss Claus, um, one cough drop, but, uh, I just found the wrapper. She left the wrapper. She left the wrapper laying there. She left the wrapper laying on the table. <laughs> That is funny. Mrs. Claus is a litter bug. Rock, come on, man. Jeez. Anyway, uh, uh, Eli, we got a we got a special guest. I know you wanted to bring back Pat Buggins, and well, you did it. She's back, and we have her on the phone. Uh, and I think she's actually written a new book. 
Yes! Yes. So she's a newest book. Yes, she's written a new book, and uh, she's not even told me what it is yet. So oh, surprise! Yeah, so when I was yes. interviewing her, this ought to be something special. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, okay. So anyway, this will be a great, great interview. So uh, you want me to go ahead and get her on the line? Okay, yes. Okay, okay, huh. But how are we doing this interview? Are we going to be... Melvin, so how are we going to do this interview, like on the phone or in person? No, it, it'll, it'll be on the phone. She's in, uh, I think she took the trip back to Louisiana. Oh, okay. How long did it take her to, um, that? I don't know, it's probably about 11 hours, I think, from here. Yeah. 11 hours, you are right, sir. <laughs> He's kind of like a game show host. A little bit, a little bit. Ron, man, you're just supposed to announce and do the, do the little jingle thing. Anyway, okay, so you ready to talk? Okay, yes. All right, here we go. I'm going to bring up Pat Buggins. Hello, everybody. Is that, uh, am I talking to Lori? <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, I was talking to Lori last time. Well, uh, today you're talking, you're speaking with Elijah Simpson. Eli. Are you Lori's husband? <laughs> no. Oh, then who are you then? I was told I was going to be interviewed about my new book coming out. Ooh, new book. Okay, uh, so what is your new book called? It's called The Whiskers of a Cockroach. <laughs> Whoa. Are you okay? Sound like you, you took a tumble there or something. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh. Uh, Eli, come on now. Put yourself together. Okay. Who was that? Did I hear somebody in the background? Was that Miss Simpson talking to you? No, that's Melvin. Melvin? Who's Melvin? Uh, he's my producer. You have a producer now? Yes. So, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about your new book. Oh, The Whiskers of a Cockroach. So, so what is the book about? Hang on a second. There's a gator after my dog. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm sorry about that. Them gators come up here. They try to get Trixie. My new dog. We're, um, are you outside or? Uh, I'm sitting on my porch. Oh. But now, um, now, why are do you want to let your dog out where gators are? Dog seems to be a gator's favorite food, so I try to keep him in the house. Okay, but now why do you want to let your dog out? I don't want to let him out. He just. He just goes out. He scurries about like these cockroaches here. Okay, so what is your new book about? It's about the life of a cockroach. Okay. I was sitting the other day at my kitchen table, and I saw this cockroach walk across the counter. And I thought to myself, what is that cockroach doing there? Then I thought to myself, I said, self? What do you think 
that cockroach is doing there? And myself says, I don't rightly know. So I got up and I followed it. Turns out, they don't do a whole lot. Okay, so, uh, do you sell your books anywhere else then? I sell them down here on the corner. By the railroad track. Okay, do you sell them anywhere else? No, not really. Why? Just wanted to know. Nope, just sell them by the railroad tracks. Gotta watch out for the gators, though. Did you, live, there's lots of gators around where I live. Do you get any um, sales with your books? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I sold two uh, a couple months ago. A couple months ago? Have you sold any more? Nope. Oh. You want to buy a copy? Okay, yeah, sure. Fine, I will, after this interview. Am I able to get the, um, for, um... My love of cockroaches and um. Why oh, you want the two pack? I offer, I offer them both in a two pack for the love of cockroaches. Oh yes. And the whisker of a cockroach. Yes, yeah, I want, yeah. I want the two pack. I will, uh, will talk to you about it after I, after, after I get off of this interview here. Okay. So how's your, how's your mama and daddy doing? I, uh, nah, they let me stay in the backyard there for a spell. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're good. Good, good. Get, get, get back in the house. Yeah, sorry about that. That, <laughs> that was my, my pet gator. <laughs> so you have a pet gator and a pet dog? Yeah, yeah. I raised a gator from the time he was just a little pup. Oh, oh, a pup? Yeah, he was just a little pup, and I, I raised him on, on bits of vittles and such. Okay. <laughs> I used to go out squirrel hunting, and I'd hunt him a squirrel or two, but he'd eat that. Okay, so do you still live in um, Beaufort, Tennessee? No, I moved back to uh, Louisiana. Ain't no gators in Beaufort, Tennessee. Oh, but so do you still love cockroaches? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fascinating creatures. They aggravate my gator and dog to death, oh. Okay. Yeah, they they're everywhere. They I should probably uh do something about the infestation I've got going on here, but uh, you know, after a while you get used to the taste. The taste of what? The cockroaches. <laughs> they get in the cereal. And I don't know that they're there. My eyes aren't so good. So when I pull me a big bowl, you know, I don't know they're there, and I just, I just eat my cereal. And after a while, you just, you know, you get used to the taste. And Melvin! Yeah, yeah, what, what, what is it, boss? It's trash can. Oh, trash can. Hold on. I'm sorry, what's uh, going on there? Uh, I think we have to throw them away, you just said. <laughs> the taste of cockroaches. Yeah, I mean, it's like any other food. Ellen, where's the trash can? Here, here you go, boss. Here, oh, you go. Oh. here I got the trash. Oh, you got it. Got it. <laughs> this is some humdinger of a show. I tell you what. Okay. 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 Is everything all right in there? Yes. Well, looks like it's time for my medication. 
I got the glaucoma. Gotta take some medication for it. And sometimes the bugs get in it before I get to it. So I, I better hang up now. And you can find my book on the corner of Wabash and Gator's Blood. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Well, um, I guess that's uh, it for this. Oh, well, thank you for... Uh... Melvin! What? What? Hold on, let me check. Uh, <laughs> what, what's, what's the matter, boss? Do you know how we have the carnival peanuts? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have six bags of three. Okay. Ron ate all of them. Ron ate the, ate the carnival peanuts? I did not. That is untrue. <laughs> there's there's none anymore. Uh, uh, there's Eva, none there. Yeah, uh, you still have Pat on the phone. You should probably hang up oh. with her. Oh, uh, uh. Yes. Oh no. Oh. Uh. Uh. You know, you just hung up on Pat. <laughs> no, I know. I just did. You. Sh you sh probably should have. <laughs> she may never call back again. That is right. She might. Uh. uh she might not uh, call back anymore. You know, if if you hang up on somebody. Okay, Ron. We got it. We got it. Okay. Well, you know, I guess. Uh, uh. That's our time for the day. Then. Okay. Um. I wonder who ate those carnival peanuts, though. Because it must have been Santa Claus. <laughs> that is priceless. No, we just got them in, like, just like a day ago. No, we... it's Santa Claus. He can, uh, he can come in anywhere. He turns into smoke and stuff. <laughs> well, uh, okay. he's already back. At the north. Well, this pole? is uh, this is your last uh, episode, and uh, you might want to uh, tell everybody. Uh, you hope you have a good New Year's and all that stuff, right? Because it's, okay. it's the final episode here. Okay. So I hope that everybody has a happy New Year, and I'll see you next season. Yes, we will all be back in uh, what uh, what year will we be back in there, Eli? Twenty twenty four. Priceless, priceless. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Nineteen fifty four, Detroit City. The night is as cold as the heart of a tax collector. The wind rushes through people as they huddle to get through their cars, homes, or restaurants. But the night is about to heat up in a dangerous way for Officer Jerry Monroe and Officer Charles Bonds. To the casual observer, one would see only two of Detroit's finest as they enter a building, each wearing a long blue coat with a shiny star pressed on the front. They turn and dot into the apartment building as if they were late for dinner or something. Upstairs and behind the door of the apartment number three is a small group gathered to play their nightly card game. None of them realize that this will be the last hand any of them will be dealt. My name is Jack Manson, and this is my city. And it's the people and events like this when they give my city a bad rep. Hey, turn down that radio a little bit. Toots, how about you grab me a beer? I'll take three cards. Yeah, well...
How's about you get your own beer and grab me one while you're at it? I'll take one, Carl. Sammy, you better teach this girl of yours some manners. Or I'll do it for you. And while you're at it, learn how to deal, will you? These guys are terrible. Oh, yeah? Tough guy? What are you going to do? I'll show you what i do. Hey, come on now. Stay out of this, Sam. The tough guy here thinks he has what it takes to shut me up. Yeah, well, I ain't no real estate mook like your boyfriend there. We only let him hang around because of you. Besides, I ain't got what'll shut you up right here. That's so? Well, I got this knife here that says I can stab you in the knee. Then all you will be is a foul-mouthed gimp. Yeah, tough girl. Think, get the door, will ya? Ah, uh, fold. Yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, sure, Pete. Sure. I'm dealing the next time. Hey, hey, Pete, it's, it's Chuck and Jerry. Say, what are you, you mugs doing here? I, I thought you mugs were, were working the beat tonight. Hey, what the? Uh, uh, Tim Simpson presents Noir Mob Wars Written by Tim Simpson Based on his series of novels Performed by Lori Simpson and Tim Simpson This would be a disturbing scene if it weren't so common. However, this sort of thing has slowed in the past year. Well, since Manny claimed the title of boss of bosses. Claimed it from his mentor, Big Joe Facone. Everyone is afraid of Manfred Van Johnson. Everyone except me, that is. Me and Manny go way back. We both grew up on the streets. I saw him around in the early days. But he was always with the roughs. My old man was a cop. So that's what I did. Manny's old man was killed when he was a boy. He and his brother grew up rough. After his mother died, he was raised in a boy's home by a blind preacher. Hey, I know these mugs, Roger. Here, want a cigarette? No thanks, Jack. Jack, so who are they? The one with the missing eye and a hole in his forehead is Fink. He's a racketeer for Van Johnson. He was brought in a few weeks ago for Austin. That one over there? I don't know. But the woman beside him looks like Mary Matheson. She's a mob mole who sometimes runs with the Van Johnson boys. That one beside her holding her hand must be some poor slob she brought with her. <laughs> what about them? Come on, Raj. Even with the m most of their faces missing, you should recognize them boys. That's Mousy Collins and Peter Carpenter, both of whom worked for Van Johnson. Do you think Manny would have had his own men killed like this? Are you kidding? Manny would have his own mother killed. But honestly, I don't think he did this. These boys, uh, these days, he, 
He fancies himself a businessman. This was sloppy and loud. Also attention grabbing. All the things Van Johnson is not. I tried to keep concealing the thoughts that flooded my mind. If this wasn't Manny, and I didn't think it was, it was someone wanting what he had. As I looked the apartment over, all I saw were sandwiches scattered along the floor, blood splattered all over the teal-colored wallpaper, and chairs with dead bodies still in them, overturned and spread out. The attack was fierce and quick. Only one man was standing at the time. He was the one answering the door. This was someone they knew. That's how the mob does it. They send someone you know to throw you off guard. To make the job easier and quicker. Detective Manson, New York. What is it, uh, Officer um, Monroe? Monroe. Sir, uh, you should come in here and look at the bedroom. It looks like there, uh, there might have been a witness or something. Well, someone was definitely in here. Could be one of the ones out there. I don't think so, Raj. Look at all the candy wrappers. So, <laughs> one of them had a sweet tooth. Look closer. Someone was staying here. That someone wore very small shoes and look. Yeah, yeah, it's a small cap on the bed. Do, do you think it could have been Biggie Smalls? Either him or a kid. I believe if it were Smalls, they would have uh, would have got him probably. Uh, did you uh, did you see all the lead in that room? Yeah. It was definitely a Thompson. I wonder if any of those mugs had a kid. If they did, the kid would be our only witness and the most prized youngin' in this city. Once whoever did this finds him, he's a goner. Wow, someone made a mess in here. Beth, what are you doing here? Hey, Roger. Hey, Jack. You know, just reporting the news. Beth, this is a crime scene. It's not a place for a... A woman? I was going to say a reporter, but okay. Take it easy, Roger. Where's Carl at, Beth? Outside, prowling around, you know, looking for stuff. That's not his job. Roger's right, Beth. This is a dangerous one. Say, why was Sammy here? Sammy? Yeah, the real estate guy. He helped me find an apartment. Why was he involved in something like this? That's him there. I watched as she pointed to the stranger beside Mary. He was shot twice in the back of the head. Poor bum. He had no idea what he was getting into, especially with these mugs. Well, maybe he did. Beth, that's a very good question. A question that you might be able to help me answer. Come on here. Boss, they got him. Shout us. What are you talking about? Who got who? Pushed them, them pushed, pushed them all, boss. They're, they're all gone. Ben Johnson's biggest players, all dead. Someone caught them playing cards, and this is an interesting but very dangerous situation, Shoulders. Do you think men will come for us? Why would he? We didn't do anything. We didn't do it. That's the thing, boss. It, it looks like we did. Oh, and how do you figure that? 
Susan, you know, from the from the apartment. She she uh, she said that a couple of cops went in. Yeah, well, old woman is as nutty as a squirrel. She don't know nothing. She's blind in one eye and can't see out the other. Well, one of the, one of the neighbors down the hall said she she saw someone fitting Jerry's description, you know, from the precinct. They left the building with another guy last night. See? I know the whole building is crazy. Jerry would never do that, especially to Manny's boys. Don't do anything. Tell the boys to lay low. And for Pete's sakes, no one panic. And if anyone asks them anything, well, tell them to clam up. Don't say a word. Let me smooth this over with Manny first. In the meantime, go talk with the rat to see if he knows anything. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure, you got it, boss. Now go on. I'll try to get a hold of Monroe. See what the real deal is. See if he was there or not. And shoulders. Yeah, boss. Watch your back. You got it, boss. Hello? Operator, yeah. Get me Jerry Monroe. Are you sure? That's what he said? He said, find out why Sammy was with those moops? Well, not in so many words, but... We have so much to do. This could be a grand story. We could, we could single-handedly bring down Manfred Van Johnson's empire. Okay, Carl, calm down. First, we must find out why Sammy was there. I called his office this morning. Wait, you called without me? Of course. I wanted to check something before telling you what Jack told me last night. You knew this since last night? Well, yeah, it was just... Okay, I see. You wanted this story for yourself. You wanted me on the sideline, and you wanted... Okay, okay, Carl. Okay. Honestly, what would you have done? Honestly? Yeah. Uh... I would have made up an excuse and run the story myself. Okay, then. Then why are you telling me now? Well, I keep hitting roadblocks. I tried calling his brother, uncle, and cousin, but no one will talk with me, so I so just... you wanted to try something unconventional, is that it? Carl, this is in no way disparaging towards you. But you do hang out in some shady parts of town with some seedy characters. How am I not supposed to take that this, uh, this, this, uh, say? What does, what does that word mean anyway? Carl, do you know someone who might know him? Well, I might. What does that even mean? It means if you give me a kiss, I'll tell you. How about I give you a five-knuckle kiss right on your yak? Okay, okay, take it easy. There, there's a guy, he's out near Eight Mile Road, you know, near the Swing and Tail Club. He's, he's called the Rat. Seriously, Carl? The Rat? We are going to listen to someone called the Rat. They don't call him the Rat because he's a stoolie. Well, sometimes he's a stoolie. Actually, he resembles a rat. Well, sometimes he, he is a stoolie, he does. Anyway, 
He knows a lot of stuff that happened around town, and we need to talk to him. If anyone knows Sammy and why he was running out with those, those gangsters, it's him. Eight Mile, you say? Yeah. But I really should go alone. It's a bad area. Then I need to go with you. Oh, and why is that? Because someone needs to protect you. Now, get your hat. Are you not going to eat? Why do you always eat here, Mr. Ben Johnson? I like Millie's. They keep out the riffraff. So tell me. Tell me about the card game. It's bad, boss. They bumped all our boys off. Knocked them right out of there. Took them right out the apartment. It's, it's bad. Who did it? Excuse me, Mr. Ben Johnson. Here's your espresso. Thank you, Sherry. That's just it, boss. No one knows. Did you call the precinct? See who's working the case. Of course. It's that Manson mug, you know, the do-gooder. <laughs> Manson. He's not such a do-gooder. But he won't stop until he finds out who the trigger guy is. Keep an eye on it. Say, is that Malone over there? Wait, I'm sorry, sir, but you don't have a reservation, and... Do you, do you know who I am? I'm sorry, I don't, but you can't go in. I need to speak with, uh, with Vin Johnson. It's urgent. That's fine, Margie. Let him come over. It, it, it wasn't me, Manny. I swear, it wasn't me. It's Mr. Van Johnson to you. It's all right, Marvin. The mere fact you came in here to tell me this, well, that tells me that it might have been you after all. No, 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 Manny. I, I, Mr. Van Johnson, it, it wasn't me. It, it was just a, as much of a surprise to me as it, as it was to you. I swear it. On the life of my daughter, I swear it. Fair enough. And who did it? I don't know. But I'll find out. I already have shoulders out scrubbing the streets. We'll find something. I swear it. As soon as we do, I'll let you know. He's going to kill me. I know it. Couldn't get Jerry on the phone. And if he did, we're all dead. All right. Now get out of here. My food is getting cold. Hi, you rat. What's shaking under your little slice of a pear tree? What do you want, Colvin? Say, who's the dame? Adjusting that tie isn't going to win you any points. Hey, do you know that bum is chewing on your leg? Oh, Charlie, stop it. He sometimes dreams he's a dog. Seen a lot during the war. And I don't feel much in that leg anyways. So what are the two of you doing here? In this part of town. Trying to find out a little more about the shooting the other night. <laughs> Which shooting? The one concerning Manford Van Johnson's men. Oh, oh, that one. Well, well, I will, uh, well, I see. Uh, I, I don't know anything about that. Come on, rat. This Abe here says you do know. A five spot? That's all you got to offer me? Come on, rat. 
You make more than I do. And all you do is stand here doing nothing. Look, we just want to know who the trigger man is. That's all. Oh, is that all? Well, let me just give you some names so that I can get my head blown off. <laughs> and that's all. Say, right, these reporters bugging you. Oh, hiya, shoulders. Oh, no, they're just giving me a little dough to buy some breakfast with. Yeah, uh, that's all we're doing. Say, you work for Malone, don't you? Yeah, what of it? How's old lips these days? Say, is that your car parked along the curb over there? What? No, why? Everybody run! Be sure to come back next week when things are going to get much more exciting. There's going to be more action, comedy, and adventure. And the outcome might just blow your mind. Welcome to Noir. Biggie Smalls is literally a small-time hood. He works for Manfred Van Johnson out of the East Side Pool Hall. He occasionally does odd jobs for Lips Malone, but those, those times are rare. He has a rap sheet three miles long. I picked him up for involuntary manslaughter, racketeering, and running a gambling casino without proper licensing. When he was younger, he was just a tiny tough guy who collected for Manford. But those days are long gone. Don't let his size and station fool you. He is small, but Biggie Smalls is a very dangerous man. He has the brain of an ant with the temper of a badger. He often surrounds himself with people who possess a far superior intellect. Why should I care? If someone bumped off, tried to bump off, Lips boys, would you stop finishing my sentences? Uh, I ain't no child. Besides, I got no race in this horse. Horse in this race. Numbers, you're getting me steamed. I said stop it. Walter Jeffrey Jones, or Numbers, is Biggie's number one guy. His brain is like a calculator. He has no real personality to speak of. He can most often be seen reading the newspaper and calculating the odds of ball games and horse races. He has been banned in nearly every casino from here to Vegas for counting cards. Besides, advising Biggie, his main source of income these days is bookmaking. My apologies, boss. I'll grab some coffee. Yeah! You do that. Leave that paper. I gotta see what Dick Tracy's up to. Look, Biggie, all I'm saying is you better watch your back. Things will heat up fast. Word is, lips hit Manny first, and Manny retaliated. It put Shoulders and the Rat in the hospital. There were two reporters there also, and luckily for all of us, they were unharmed. Well, I still don't care. Lorraine, I have a business to run, so you can go back to whatever it is you're doing these days and let me run my business. <laughs> okay, Biggie. 
if that's how you feel. You helped me out once, so I was just returning the favor. Don't be surprised if Lips or Manny send for you. Wait a minute. Why would either one send for me? Because you're a part of this world, Biggie. The world you have always wanted. Good luck, doll, and watch your caboose. Take care of him, Numbers. Underneath all that anger, there's still a good man in there. I just know it. You may be way down in there. What'd you say? Nothing, boss. Who does she think she is anyway? She used to mean something to you, boss. She meant something to all of us. Yeah, well, she doesn't anymore. Besides, I'm the brains now. I run this business. It's mine. She can take a long walk off a short bridge for all I care. That's right, boss. You tell her. You're a regular Einstein, you are. That's right. Uh, oh, wait. Who? You know, Einstein is, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Alfred Einstein. Yeah, I, I remember him. It's Albert. Who's Albert? It's Albert Einstein. You think you're so smart because you went to school. I'm getting another cup of coffee. You just got a cup. Yeah, well, I need another one. The attack on the rat and shoulders was definitely a professional one. Beth and Carl made it unscathed, which tells everyone it was someone who knew the rules. The rules are, you don't kill bystanders, only the target. Every mobster knows this. The strange thing is, it was a shotgun blast. It's good for close combat kills, but not at the distance it was fired. Shoulders and the rat shared a few pellets. Nothing more serious than a splinter. The homeless guy took most of the attack. Shoulders and the rat both wound up in the hospital. But only the rat felt up to talking. This sort of thing stays in the family. But the rat's not a member of any family to speak of. He's a loner. Which is probably why he stayed alive for so long. So Roger and I went to see our old pal. I'm not a good man. Neither is my sister. My dad was, though. Who's this? Your name's Minnie, you mook. Charming. I'm Detective York, and this is Detective Manson. How do you know the rat here? I'm his girlfriend. The rat has a girlfriend. My sister and I grew up in the swamps of Florida. The weather was horrible. The fish were as big as scorpions. They would eat a man alive, I tell you. It was awful. Oh, baby, just rest. I'll take care of you. Okay, come on, rat. You were born in Flint, Michigan. Oh, yeah. That's it. Maybe it's my dad's grandfather I'm thinking of. Say, how did you know that? It's okay, Minnie. I can talk with him. We know everything about you, Howie Sprout, a.k.a. the rat. Hey, listen, fellas. I feel sick, I tell you. I got the flu or something. My side really hurts. Yeah, well, that's because they dug a bullet out of it. Could you identify the man that shot you? I don't think so. I mean, 
No one's ever tried to kill me before. I I swear it. I don't understand. I was I was minding my own business. I just wanted a shot of whiskey to lay on the beach in a quiet place somewhere like Alaska. Alaska? He's lost his mind. Maybe it's the morphine. He's not on morphine, Roger. Rat, try and focus. What kind of car was it? What kind of car was what? What kind of car was the man driving when he shot you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> I see what you're saying. It was a, a black, it had a, a set of, of headlights, and, and both were on, uh, which was strange for that time of day. You know, they, they did the same thing to Joan of Arc before she built it. What is he talking about? Built what? The Ark, of course. Noah. How could I know her? She's been dead for years. <laughs> All right, that's enough, you weasel. Did you or did you not see the one that shot you? It all happened so fast, I don't know, but the, the driver looked like one of you guys. What do you mean, one of us? He was a copper. Just before I pulled that bum over me to keep from getting shot, I noticed he had the copper look about him. Oh, yeah, well, he died, by the way. What? Who died? The homeless man you used as a shield. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. You you know, homelessness in this country is a tragedy. I say, why don't you cops do something about it? You know, send them to New York or someplace so they don't get shot. He's an idiot, Jack. He's got nothing. The driver was wearing a badge, but the car was unmarked. At least I, I think it was unmarked. It, it might have might have been marked. I don't know. It, it, will you calm down for a minute? We need to know for sure if the man that tried to kill you was, in fact, a police officer or not. Because, Rat, that's a serious allegation. And what does that mean, Roger? What does what mean? Alligatorings. Not al... Never mind. Jack, you talk to him. I'm going to see if Shoulders is awake. Listen up. Rat, if you know something, you better stop talking. Mr. Manson, I, I, I tell you, please don't let him kill the kid. It, 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 please, he saw everything. He, he was scared and... Kid? Where is this kid? If I tell you, promise me you'll protect him. Okay, Rat, I promise. Just tell me where I can find him. You're a good one, Mr. Manson. I trust you, so I'll tell you where you can find the kid. Wow. The rumors are true, Mr. Van Johnson. Those reporters from the Daily News were there when it happened. And the rat and shoulders are both in the hospital. Thank you, Marvin. I will try to get in to see them. I want to know what's going on. I don't think Lips would have tried to kill two of his own boys without good reason. Especially shoulders. They grew up together, like brothers. Someone has played a dangerous game here, Marvin. And I don't like games. Sir, would you like to buy a newspaper? Most of them have gone yet, and I have to try and sell them all before I go home. How many you got, kid? Fifteen, sir. Give them all to me. Yes, sir. Now go home. Make sure you go to school tomorrow.
My dad makes me go to the press to get the papers to sell too early for me, for me to go to school. You tell your old man that Manfred Van Johnson said to let you go to school. If he has any beef with that, come and see me. Yes, sir. Marvin, find out where the reporters are. I want to talk with you. Beth, a big man can admit it when he's wrong. So I'm a big man. I can admit I was wrong. Now, can you admit that you were wrong? I wasn't wrong, Carl. See then, you're a small man, a very small man, because I can admit I was wrong and you can't. Um, I'm not a man, and I wasn't wrong. Now stop talking for five minutes. We need to figure out who those mugs were that took those shots at us. Well, I couldn't see anything with that mug shoulders bumping into me. I didn't get a good look either. You're lucky he was in front of you. He probably saved your life. Oh, great. That's all I need. Stole that more on my life. It could have been worse. You could have been on a slab somewhere. Yeah, well, the day's still young. Say, who's that coming over here? It looks like one of those cops from last night. Yeah, I saw him at the apartment. His name is Jerry something, I think. Afternoon, folks. Uh, Detective Manson sent me to take the two of you to him. He wants to speak with you about that what happened earlier. Oh, he does, does he? Yes, ma'am. Won't take long. Is Jackson buying lunch? What? Um, don't you remember we have that person to interview? What person? Come on, Detective Manson is waiting. Hey, why didn't he come himself? Yeah, what'd you elbow me for? He's busy working the case, so if you will... I just, uh, I, I need to get my purse. Hold on a second. Beth, where are you going? Your purse is over there. Run, Carl! You, you wait here. But, but... After the rat finally told me where I could find the kid, I sent Roger to catch up with Beth and Carl while I went looking for the boy. It seems once the kid left the apartment, the rat found him near the lake. He took him in to hide him. I'm not sure what angle the rat had in this such a rare act of charity. But if I had to guess, he was probably going to use the kid as a bargaining chip with whoever it was shooting up gangsters. The rat said the boy was hiding out under the Ambassador Bridge near the Detroit River. Said some homeless people had built a small set of shacks there from scraps of plywood and cardboard. So that's where I checked first. Hey, bud. You have a nickel? I really need some coffee. Yeah, sure. Say, you haven't seen a kid running around down here, have you? This ain't no place for a child. Here's your nickel. He's my son, and my wife and I have been out all night looking for him. Is that so? Yeah, that's so. We would appreciate it if you could help us with anything that might help us find him. Oh, yeah? How appreciative. You've seen him, haven't you? 
Maybe I have and uh, maybe I haven't. Well, how about this? Have you seen him now? Hey, wh what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. Can't you read it? It says detective and this is a gun. Now, where's the boy? T take it easy, mister. Uh, 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 someone else was down here earlier looking for him. He probably already found him, and, and, and the kid stays over by Shanty, too. Yeah, where's that at? Right past that big rock there. Thanks, and here's another nickel for your effort. I wonder what kind of luck Roger's having. Man, this is no place for a kid. That homeless fellow was right. Hope I can find him. Hope it's not too late. Don't see how parents could turn the kids out like this. This is incredible. Say, can you spare a nickel? Nickels are popular down here. Sure. Tell me where Shanty 2 is. Sure. It's right over there. But I warn you, feller. There's some dangerous looking mugs over there. Thanks for the tip and here. Adam, thank you, sir. Thank you. Man, this place is rough looking. Well, how do you make a live down here? I see you over there. You'd better stop. And I don't care who you're with either. But the kid's not going with you. I recognized the voice immediately. It was Fat Tony Berkeley. He ran with some of Biggie Smalls' boys. If he was here, then chances were good that Bug Eyes Gallo was with him, probably hiding and waiting to take a shot at me. I'm a cop, you idiot. So Tony, if I were you, I would throw that gun down and leave the kid there. Or you can be brought up on kidnapping charges as well as assault on a peace officer. Yeah, <laughs> well, if I don't bring this kid back, those charges will be the least of my worries. Now beat it, cop, and we won't have to lay you out. I knew they had the upper hand, and I also knew they had no problem in laying me out. But I also know how to play their little card game, so I played the only cards I had. Okay then, I'm leaving. But when I tell Van Johnson about this, he won't be none too happy. Oh, oh, okay, uh, Copper, wait a minute. Let's take a breather here. Uh, just for a second, let's, let's talk about this. Maybe we can work this thing out. You better make it quick. I'm in an awful hurry. Pull over here, Marvin. I won't be long. There's no way of getting in to see Shoulders or the Rat. I need to talk to someone who was there when it happened. Mr. Van Johnson, is it wise to put yourself out here like this? Let me go talk with him. Come on. No. I need to hear it for myself. I won't be long. Besides, I own this paper. If those reporters saw anything, they would tell me. Especially if they know what's good for them. Hey, is that one of Lyft's men in that car in front of the press building? Yeah, I think so. I think he's a cop. Way here. Hey, 
Hey, stop. Hey, Johnson. Hey. Oh, Mr. Van Johnson, what are you doing here? You work uh, for Malone, don't you? Are you kidding? Manny, watch out behind you! Stop. 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 Stop, you'll kill him! Detective Roger York was first to arrive at the press building. It seems that two of our boys were there also. And as Roger reported later, Officer Monroe was following Beth Stidham through the alleyway beside the building. That's when she ran into Manfred Van Johnson. And that was when Monroe's partner stepped from his vehicle. It appeared to be an attack on Manny. However, Manny's valet was also out of his vehicle at the same time. And he fired a shot wounding Monroe's partner. Van Johnson, throw your hands in the air. You're assaulting a police officer. And you, over there with the gun, throw it down now. He was going after to kill my boss. I had to shoot him. It's all right, Marvin. Do as Detective York says. Nothing about this is all right. There's one police officer wounded, and you're attacking another one. Get off him and get to your feet. Roger, wait. The one Marvin shot came after Manny from behind. Marvin shot him from across the street. That one there came for Carl and me. He wanted us to go with him to see Jack. See Jack? What? Why? What you have here, Detective York, is a couple of crooked cops. Both of them, they're crooked, and they work for Detroit, my city, and they work for crooked people like Lips Malone. You're telling me they're on your payroll then? Not at all, Detective York. They work for Lips, like I said. Lips don't work for me. I'm a businessman. But Lips is not behind this. Yeah, and how do you know that? Look, Detective, Lips is a coward. They would never send someone out in the open like this. And I bet if you do some real detective work, you could link both of them to the shooting from the other night. And probably link them to the shooting near the... Swinging tail club as well. And here they are, after these two fine reporters. So, why would they be after them here and now? Because these two witnessed it. They're trying to bump them off. Whoever's doing this is trying to get rid of the witnesses. Well, let me tell you something, Van Johnson. I witnessed some cowards do some amazing things when I was in the war, all in the name of survival. So don't give me that Lips is a coward. He could easily send these men out here. He could easily try to take the reporters. He could easily bump off your guys and his own just to prove a point. That may be, Detective, but trust me, Lips did not do this. Trust you? You think I would trust you? You say you're a businessman. You're the most corrupt person in this city. You own everything. You destroy people's lives. Now, hey, hey, take it easy now. I'm telling you, it's not Lips, and it's definitely not me. Someone is behind this, and I want them found. Find if, oh, the ambulance is here. Monroe, you, Van Johnson, and what's his name? Marvin. And Marvin, taking all of you in for questioning. Beth, get Carl and the two of you stand by. 
just in case we have more questions. And do me a favor, stay out of trouble. I'm tired of bailing the two of you out. Hey, take it easy there, fur lip. I wasn't involved in none of this. We were just standing here minding. Carl, seal it. We gotta get this thing over with. We gotta solve this case. We gotta figure out who's behind this. I know, I know. Hey boys, let's just go. People are starting to look. We don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. I mean, the gun's already done that. All right, all right. Carl, you and Beth, stay here. Van Johnson, you're coming with me. Let's go. Around that same time, I was dealing with my own situation. I was trying to cut a deal with a couple of thugs near the Detroit River. It wasn't turning out too good. One of the mugs name was Fat Tony. A big lug of a brute whose mama turned him out when he was 12. Been living on the streets. Works for various people. The other guy is Gallo. Bug Eyes Gallo. One of the worst criminals this city's ever seen. He'll take a shot at you just because he's got a headache. It's a bad situation. I didn't expect much to come of it. Look, copper. If we tell you who sent us after the right here... Hey! Then we're dead. All of us. And I don't know about you, copper, but I don't want to wake up dead tomorrow. Fair enough. Then why don't you tell me who's not behind it? Well, it ain't Manny or Lips, I can tell you that. Shut up, you idiot! Hey, Bug, stop! Okay, Flatfoot, you crippled me. My left side. I need a doctor. Don't shoot no more. I ain't armed. Well, what a coincidence. I need some answers. Okay, okay. Just don't shoot me anymore. Tony, give him the kid. I got more answers than I bargained for. It was far from over, though. In fact, things were about to heat up in a big way. And at the center of it all was the smallest mobster in town. Hey Numbers, I need to see Biggie. Yeah? Don't we all? What do you mean? No one's seen him since this morning. He just disappeared. Numbers, has he done something? Because the word is that... I don't know anything about what Business Smalls does. I just keep the books straight around here. Well, Officer Monroe was hauled in earlier by Manson's sidekick. So, what's that got to do with Smalls? And they found a witness to the shooting at the apartment. The right and shoulders are alive also. I need to know where Smalls is. It's all lies. I had nothing to do with it, Lorraine. I'm just a bar owner. I no got no horse in this race. Haven't seen him, huh? I'm going for coffee. Numbers, you, you can't go. She's probably here to kill me. Lorraine? Are you here to kill him? No, but it won't be long before someone does. I swear, I, I... 
biggie enough blowing smoke. Let's have it. Okay, fine. It was me. I need to sit down. Are you insane? Maybe a little. But I was I was I was tired of the of, of being the fetch it boy for Lips and Manny. I hired Monroe and his partner away from Lips to take out Manny's boys to so that so that everyone would blame Lips. Then have them take out two of Lips boys so they they would blame Manny. It would start a war. And in the end, I would be the winner. That was your plan, to knock out each other's guy. Smalls, Manny is far too intelligent to realize Lips won't attack him like that. And he sure knows his guys aren't going to go to war without his consent. You'd have been better off trying to rub Lips and Manny out first. I didn't, I didn't think of that, Numbers. That's the problem, Smalls. You don't think. You just act. And now, you got two bosses looking to take your head off. My head? No, no, not my head. Please, my mother would be so embarrassed if her son was headless. Please, what are we going to do? We? Yeah, I need you, please. You gotta help me for old time's sake. Please, Lorraine. Get off your knees. Biggie, people are staring. Last time I was here, you told me. I know what I said, but please help me. And, and, and you too, Numbers. I, I need your brain on this, please. They'll kill me. Well, you don't have many options here. You can either fight or run. I would suggest running, but Manny has a very long reach and still may kill you. If you fight, You'll have to kill him and Lips first. Or at the very least, the witnesses. Okay, that's what I'll do. I'll kill Lips and Manny. Yeah, 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 I like that. Well, I'm not helping you kill either of them. If you don't help me, then that makes you my enemy. Doll, <laughs> I've always loved you. I've seen you at your worst and your best, but this time, <laughs> I can't risk it. I really shouldn't even be here. Numbers, if you help him, I don't have to tell you the odds of surviving. Would you let them kill me? What would you have me do? Get killed with you? If they want you, no one can stop them. You know that, Biggie. You know how the games are played. I'm sorry, Numbers. If you know what's good for you, you would separate from him as soon as possible. This isn't going to be pretty. Thank you, Lorraine. But we'll be fine. Okay, then. I'll leave the two of you to them. Goodbye, fellas. What are we going to do, Numbers? Say, where are you going? I want to look out of the window. Okay, okay, what do you see? She's not alone. What? What do you mean she's not alone? Just like I said, she's not alone. She got into the rear of a car, and it looks like someone's in there with her. What are we going to do? He is definitely behind it. 
Listen, why don't you just turn them over to the police? They have the kid in Monroe, and the kid saw Monroe pull the trigger. The rat said the cops shot at them. It should be open and shut. Yeah, nothing is open and shut, Lorraine. Especially in this city. You know that. I want Smalls dead. Make him disappear, and the whole thing will blow over. Monroe's already behind bars with a witness. It doesn't matter who he was working for now. He will take the fall as the shooter. But Mr. Malone, if Monroe does decide to talk, he knows everyone inside the police department that's on your payroll. All the cops, judges, everyone. It could be dangerous to let him live. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Okay, I still want you to get rid of Smalls. I don't care how you do it. I will deal with the Monroe and the witnesses. Okay, Mr. Malone, whatever you say. That's my girl. Now go back to Smalls and make nice. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, Mr. Malone. Mr. Malone, are you sure it's wise just to let her go back in there? You know the history they have together. Charlie, just drive the car. I'll deal with Lorraine in good time. First, we need to make sure Shoulders is out of the city so Manny don't retaliate. Just business as usual, Charlie. Business as usual. We were finally able to put Monroe in a lineup for the kid to identify. For a nine-year-old, he seemed confident in who the shooter was. And even more surprising was the fact he wasn't afraid of these thugs. Yeah, that's him, the one, in the middle, with a bruised eye. Are you sure that's the man you saw in the apartment the other night, and he is the one that pulled the trigger? Yeah, I heard the knock. I thought it was food being delivered. I ran to the bedroom door, and the next thing I knew, kapow, bullets were everywhere. Then he stepped inside and shot a couple more times. Then, when he turned, it looked like he was coming into the bedroom. I ran as fast as I could. Okay, kid. Good job. Did you see anyone else? No, but I heard someone else talking to him from the hall, so there was more there. But... I wasn't waiting around to see anyone else. If those mugs had seen me, I would be pushing up daisies also. We found out the kid's name was Justin Bennett. He was orphaned when he was two. Both parents were killed in a shooting outside of Detroit. He was sent to a boy's home where he escaped and has been living on the street and occasionally working as a runner for the mob. Jack! The officer who was shot by Manny's guy said it was Biggie Smalls who hired him. He's willing to talk if we cut him a deal. Yeah, <laughs> I just bet he is. 
That's the same thing I got from Tony and Gallo. Smalls is either desperate or just stupid to be trying to pull one over on Van Johnson. Speaking of Van Johnson. Alright, Van Johnson, you're free to go. Thank you, Detective Manson. Say, did you find out who it was that killed my employee? We have a pretty good idea of what went down, so keep yourself available in case we have more questions to ask. Am I in some sort of trouble here? No, but you are a witness. Fair enough. And Van Johnson, yeah. If anything happens to Biggie Smalls before we get the chance to talk with him, I'll hold you personally responsible. I don't understand, Detective Manson. What does Biggie have to do with any of this? Just remember what I said. You got it, Detective. Now may I go? Yeah, but not too far. Thank you. You just told him our, who our suspect was. I know, Raj. But I might have just saved Biggie's life. Have some boys bring in Smalls and hold him on conspiracy to commit murder. We at least have that much for from our witness. What are you going to do? It's been a long day. I'm going to go to Molly's and grab a scotch. What about the kid? Call social services in the morning. And in the meantime, take him home with you. He'll fit right in with your kids. Are you kidding? Mary won't like me bringing home some kid off the street. Oh, come on, Raj. Mary will make him feel right at home. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget to have Biggie brought in tonight, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. I won't. Come on, kid. You're coming with me. Great. Where are we heading for dinner? Carl, can you not see all the badges around the hospital? They're never going to let us in to talk with him. Are you kidding? You were there. I mean, he tried to kill you. He wasn't after me. He was after Van Johnson. Still, you were there in the thick of it. But if Van Johnson wasn't there, who knows where I would be now? Actually, where we would be now. Look, that must be the room. Which one? The only one with the guard standing outside the door. Oh, yeah, right. Come on. God, be of some assistance to you folks. Hey, wait a minute. No one is allowed in here. We're the uh, we're with the Daily News, and and she was there when this man was shot. Oh, really? Well, go on in then. Really? Sure. You're with the press. You have free run to do anything you want. Would you like coffee? Maybe a donut? Really? Sure. I would love a donut. Come on, Carl. That was too easy. Oh, no. Nurse! This is my getaway. A place I can go to clear my head. It's called the Club Jazz. It sits in the heart of what has been called Black Bottom Detroit. Very few white folks come here, but I like this place. Molly owns the club now. 
She is a rare woman with class and style unlike any I have ever seen in Detroit. Her skin is like chocolate silk. Her eyes are large and brown. Every time I see her, I get stupid and fumble over myself like some darn fool. I know I should stay out of this place, but she and I have become somewhat of an item. I was friends with her cousin, who ironically was named Reggie Jazz. He ran the club for years, but got himself involved in some shady dealings and was killed, leaving everything to Molly, who at the time was a headliner for the club. I miss old Jazz. I have Molly to keep me comfort. She's over by the bar. Thanks, Molly. Molly has worked here since before Jazz bought the place. He's a large, dark man who looks more like an oak tree than a human. He's a good one, though. He watches the place like a hawk. He carries an unlicensed 45 under his arm, but watches out for my girl, so I don't say a word. Hey, Jazz. I wondered if you were coming in tonight. When I look at her, I lose myself. The way she wears that tight red dress, how she fixes her hair, makeup, the way she speaks. Of course, uh, Molly, I, I wouldn't stay out for nothing. See what I mean? Completely stupid. She just stands there with her eyes flashing, her red lips breaking into a smile. She knows what she does to me, and she loves it. George, get Jack his usual. So, Jack, uh, I hear we might end up in a mob war. What? Where'd you hear that? Oh, thanks, George. You know, I hear everything here. It's better and quicker than a newsreel. It's only been a couple of days. How bad is it? Once we bring in Biggie Smalls, it should be over. Uh, hello? Yeah. Sure, Mr. Manson, phone call. Thanks, George. Wonder who this could be. Manson here. What? How? Okay. I'm on my way. What's wrong, Jack? It started, Maul. Detroit and the mob are officially at war. Stop, you'll kill him! Detective Roger York was first to arrive at the press building. It seems that two of our boys were there also. And as Roger reported later, Officer Monroe was following Bastidum through the alleyway beside the building. That's when she ran into Manfred Van Johnson. And that was when Monroe's partner stepped from his vehicle. It appeared to be an attack on Manny. However, Manny's valet was also out of his vehicle at the same time. And he fired a shot, wounding Monroe's partner. Van Johnson, throw your hands in the air. You're assaulting a police officer. And you, over there with the gun, throw it down now. He was going after to kill my boss. I had to shoot him. It's all right, Marvin. Do as Detective York says. Nothing about this is all right. There's one police officer wounded, and you're attacking another one. Get off him and get to your feet. Roger, wait. The one Marvin shot came after Manny from behind. Marvin shot him from across the street. That one there came for Carl and me. He wanted us to go with him to see Jack. See Jack? What? Why? 
What you have here, Detective York, is a couple of crooked cops. Both of them, they're crooked, and they work for Detroit, my city, and they work for crooked people like Lips Malone. You're telling me they're on your payroll then? Not at all, Detective York. They work for Lips, like I said. Lips don't work for me, I'm a businessman. But Lips is not behind this. Yeah, and how do you know that? Look, Detective, Lips is a coward. They would never send someone out in the open like this. And I bet if you do some real detective work, you could link both of them to the shooting from the other night. And probably link them to the shooting near the swinging tail club as well. And here they are, after these two fine reporters. So, why would they be after them here and now? Because these two witnessed it. They're trying to bump them off. Whoever's doing this is trying to get rid of the witnesses. Well, let me tell you something, Van Johnson. I witnessed some cowards do some amazing things when I was in the war. All in the name of survival. So don't give me that Lips is a coward. He could easily send these men out here. He could easily try to take the reporters. He could easily bump off your guys and his own just to prove a point. That may be, Detective, but trust me, Lips did not do this. Trust you? You think I would trust you? You say you're a businessman. You're the most corrupt person in this city. You own everything. You destroy people's lives. Now, hey, hey, take it easy now. I'm telling you, it's not Lips, and it's definitely not me. Someone is behind this, and I want them found. Found if, oh, the ambulance is here. Monroe, you, Van Johnson, and what's his name? Marvin. And Marvin, taking all of you in for questioning. Beth, get Carl, and the two of you stand by, just in case we have more questions. And do me a favor, stay out of trouble. I'm tired of belling the two of you out. Hey, take it easy there, Furlip. I wasn't involved in none of this. We were just standing here minding. Carl, sell it. We gotta get this thing over with. We gotta solve this case. We gotta figure out who's behind this. I know, I know. Hey boys, let's just go. People are starting to look. We don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. I mean, the gun's already done that. All right, all right. Carl, you and Beth, stay here. Van Johnson, you're coming with me. Let's go. Around that same time, I was dealing with my own situation trying to cut a deal with a couple of thugs near the Detroit River. It wasn't turning out too good. One of the mugs name was Fat Tony. A big lug of a brute whose mama turned him out when he was 12. Been living on the streets. Works for various people. The other guy was Gallo. Bug Eyes Gallo. One of the worst criminals this city's ever seen. He'll take a shot at you just because he's got a headache. It's a bad situation. I didn't expect much to come of it. Look, copper. If we tell you who sent us after the right here... Hey! Then we're dead. All of us. And I don't know about you, copper, but I don't want to wake up dead tomorrow. Fair enough. Then why don't you tell me who's not behind it? Well, it ain't Manny or Lips, I can tell you that. Shut up, you idiot! 
Hey, bug, stop! Okay, Flatfoot, you cripple me. My left side. I need a doctor. Don't shoot no more. I ain't armed. Well, what a coincidence. I need some answers. Okay, okay. Just don't shoot me anymore. Tony, give him the kid. I got more answers than I bargained for. It was far from over, though. In fact, things were about to heat up in a big way. And at the center of it all was the smallest mobster in town. Hey Numbers, I need to see Biggie. Yeah? Don't we all? What do you mean? No one's seen him since this morning. He just disappeared. Numbers, has he done something? Because the word is that... I don't know anything about what Business Smalls does. I just keep the books straight around here. Well, Officer Monroe was hauled in earlier by Manson's sidekick. So, what's that got to do with Smalls? And they found a witness to the shooting at the apartment. The rat and shoulders are alive also. I need to know where Smalls is. It's all lies. I had nothing to do with it, Lorraine. I'm just a bar owner. I no got no horse in this race. Haven't seen him, huh? I'm going for coffee. Numbers, you, you can't go. She's probably here to kill me. Lorraine? Are you here to kill him? No, but it won't be long before someone does. I swear, I... I... Biggie, enough blowing smoke. Let's have it. Okay, fine. It was me. I need to sit down. Are you insane? Maybe a little. But I was... I was, I was tired of the... Of, of being the fetch it boy for Lips and Manny. I hired Monroe and his partner away from Lips to take out Manny's boys to, so, that, so that everyone would blame Lips. Then have them take out two of Lips' boys so they, they would blame Manny. It would start a war. And in the end, I would be the winner. That was your plan. To knock out each other's guy. Smalls, Manny is far too intelligent to realize Lips won't attack him like that. And he sure knows his guys aren't going to go to war without his consent. You'd have been better off trying to rub Lips and Manny out first. I didn't, I didn't think of that, Numbers. That's the problem, Smalls. You don't think. You just act. And now you got two bosses looking to take your head off. My head? No, no, not my head. Please, my mother would be so embarrassed if her son was headless. Please, what are we going to do? We? Yeah, I need you, please. You gotta help me for old time's sake. Please, Lorraine. Get off your knees. Biggie, people are staring. Last time I was here, you told me. I know what I said. 
but please help me and and, and YouTube numbers. I, I need your brain on this, please. They'll kill me. Well, you don't have many options here. You can either fight or run. I would suggest running, but Manny has a very long reach and still may kill you. If you fight, you will have to kill him and Lips first. Or at the very least, the witnesses. Okay, that's what I'll do. I'll kill Lips and Manny. Yeah, 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 I like that. Well, I'm not helping you kill either of them. If you don't help me, then that makes you my enemy. Doll, <laughs> I've always loved you. I've seen you at your worst and your best. But this time, <laughs> I can't risk it. I really shouldn't even be here. Numbers, if you help him, I don't have to tell you the odds of surviving. Would you let them kill me? What would you have me do? Get killed with you? If they want you, no one can stop them. You know that, Biggie. You know how the games are played. I'm sorry, Numbers. If you know what's good for you, you would separate from him as soon as possible. This isn't going to be pretty. Thank you, Lorraine. But we'll be fine. Okay, then. I'll leave the two of you to them. Goodbye, fellas. What are we going to do, Numbers? Say, where are you going? I want to look out of the window. Okay, okay, what do you see? She's not alone. What? What do you mean she's not alone? Just like I said, she's not alone. She got into the rear of a car, and it looks like someone's in there with her. What are we going to do? He is definitely behind it. Listen, why don't you just turn them over to the police? They have the kid in Monroe, and the kid saw Monroe pull the trigger. The rat said the cops shot at them. It should be open and shut. Yeah, nothing is open and shut, Lorraine. Especially in this city. You know that. I want Smalls dead. Make him disappear, and the whole thing will blow over. Monroe's already behind bars with a witness. It doesn't matter who he was working for now. He will take the fall as the shooter. But Mr. Malone, if Monroe does decide to talk, he knows everyone inside the police department that's on your payroll. All the cops, judges, everyone. It could be dangerous to let him live. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Okay, I still want you to get rid of Smalls. I don't care how you do it. I will deal with the Monroe and the witnesses. Okay, Mr. Malone, whatever you say. That's my girl. Now go back to Smalls and make nice. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, Mr. Malone. Mr. Malone, are you sure it's wise just to let her go back in there? You know the history they have together. Charlie, just drive the car. I'll deal with Lorraine in good time. First, we need to make sure 
Shoulders is out of the city, so many don't retaliate. Just business as usual, Charlie. Business as usual. We were finally able to put Monroe in a lineup for the kid to identify. For a nine-year-old, he seemed confident in who the shooter was. And even more surprising was the fact he wasn't afraid of these thugs. Yeah, that's him, the one, in the middle, with a bruised eye. Are you sure that's the man you saw in the apartment the other night? And he is the one that pulled the trigger? Yeah, I heard the knock. I thought it was food being delivered. I ran to the bedroom door. And the next thing I knew, kapow! Bullets were everywhere. Then he stepped inside and shot a couple more times. Then, when he turned, it looked like he was coming into the bedroom. I ran as fast as I could. Okay, kid. Good job. Did you see anyone else? No, but I heard someone else talking to him from the hall, so there was more there. But I wasn't waiting around to see anyone else. If those mugs had seen me, I would be pushing up daisies also. We found out the kid's name was Justin Bennett. He was orphaned when he was two. Both parents were killed in a shooting outside of Detroit. He was sent to a boy's home where he escaped and has been living on the street and occasionally working as a runner for the mob. Jack, the officer who was shot by Manny's guy, said it was Biggie Smalls who hired him. He's willing to talk if we cut him a deal. Yeah, <laughs> I just bet he is. That's the same thing I got from Tony and Gallo. Smalls is either desperate or just stupid to be trying to pull one over on Van Johnson. Speaking of Van Johnson. Alright, Van Johnson, you're free to go. Thank you, Detective Manson. Say, did you find out who it was that killed my employee? We have a pretty good idea of what went down, so keep yourself available in case we have more questions to ask. Am I in some sort of trouble here? No. But you are a witness. Fair enough. And Van Johnson, yeah. If anything happens to Biggie Smalls before we get the chance to talk with him, I'll hold you personally responsible. I don't understand, Detective Manson. What does Biggie have to do with any of this? Just remember what I said. You got it, Detective. Now may I go? Yeah, but not too far. Thank you. You just told him our, who our suspect was. I know, Raj. But I might have just saved B's life. Have some boys bring in Smalls and hold him on conspiracy to commit murder. We at least have that much for from our witness. What are you going to do? It's been a long day. I'm going to go to Molly's and grab a scotch. What about the kid? Call social services in the morning. And in the meantime, take him home with you. He'll fit right in with your kids. Are you kidding? 
Harry won't like me bringing home some kid off the street. Oh, come on, Rog. Mary will make him feel right at home. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget to have Biggie brought in tonight, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. I won't. Come on, kid. You're coming with me. Great. Where are we heading for dinner? Carl, can you not see all the badges around the hospital? They're never going to let us in to talk with him. Are you kidding? You were there. I mean, he tried to kill you. He wasn't after me. He was after Van Johnson. Still, you were there in the thick of it. But if Van Johnson wasn't there, who knows where I would be now? Actually, where we would be now. Look, that must be the room. Which one? The only one with the guard standing outside the door. Oh, yeah, right. Come on. God, be of some assistance to you folks. Hey, wait a minute. No one is allowed in here. We're, the, uh, we're with the Daily News, and, and she was there when this man was shot. Oh, really? Well, go on in, then. Really? Sure, you're with the press. You have free run to do anything you want. Would you like coffee? Maybe a donut? Really? Sure, I would love a donut. Come on, Carl. That was too easy. Oh, no. Nurse! This is my getaway. A place I can go to clear my head. It's called the Club Jazz. It sits in the heart of what has been called Black Bottom Detroit. Very few white folks come here. But I like this place. Molly owns the club now. She is a rare woman with class and style unlike any I have ever seen in Detroit. Her skin is like chocolate silk. Her eyes are large and brown. Every time I see her, I get stupid and fumble over myself like some darn fool. I know I should stay out of this place, but she and I have become somewhat of an item. I was friends with her cousin, who ironically was named Reggie Jazz. He ran the club for years, but got himself involved in some shady dealings and was killed, leaving everything to Molly, who at the time was a headliner for the club. I miss old Jazz. I have Molly to keep me comfort. She's over by the bar. Thanks, Molly. Molly has worked here since before Jazz bought the place. He's a large, dark man who looks more like an oak tree than a human. He's a good one, though. He watches the place like a hawk. He carries an unlicensed 45 under his arm, but watches out for my girl, so I don't say a word. Hey, Jack. I wondered if you were coming in tonight. When I look at her, I lose myself. The way she wears that tight red dress, how she fixes her hair, makeup, the way she speaks. Of course, uh, Molly, I, I wouldn't stay out for nothing. See what I mean? Completely stupid. She just stands there with her eyes flashing, her red lips breaking into a smile. She knows what she does to me, and she loves it. George, get Jack his usual. So, Jack, uh, I hear we might end up in a 
Marbor. What? Where'd you hear that? Oh, thanks, George. You know, I hear everything you hear. It's better and quicker than a newsreel. It's only been a couple of days. How bad is it? Once we bring in Biggie Smalls, it should be over. Uh, hello? Yeah. Sure, Mr. Manson, phone call. Thanks, George. Wonder who this could be. Manson here. What? How? Okay. I'm on my way. What's wrong, Jack? It started, Maul. Detroit and the mob are officially at war. The War. Written by Tim Simpson. Performed by Lori, Elijah, and Tim Simpson. Come on, boss. So what do you think of Sony's? Mr. Vin Johnson, it's as good as Millie's, right? I think it is. Am I right? Or what? Yeah, Marvin. It wasn't bad. But I have a lot on my mind tonight. Call Giuseppe. Tell him to bring in Smalls. I want to speak with him. And also have Lewis bring in Lips. I want to talk. Boss, get down! Not long before I received the call at Bali's. Lips was getting ready to leave his club. His car exploded and he wasn't in it. However, his driver Charlie McBrown was. Charlie left the club to retrieve the car and drive it to the entrance. As soon as he started the ignition, he was incinerated instantly. But Lips escaped unharmed. Forgetting his hat and returning to his office saved his life. Around the same time, Manfred Van Johnson was leaving a restaurant after having a late dinner with a, when a gunman drove past him, firing a Thompson submachine gun. He received a few grazes, but his friend and valet Marvin Capone was killed instantly, shot five times, twice in the head and three times in the back. He died throwing himself over his boss's body. Not long before the two attacks, Roger and three officers were stepping through the doors of the Biggie Smalls pool hall. It doesn't look like anyone's been here for a while. You two spread out and check the back. Smith, stay with me. Biggie Smalls, if you're in here, this is the police. We have a warrant for your arrest. Detective York, no one's in the back. Just a bunch of full liquor bottles. Full. Strange. Look around, but be careful. Detective York! Kid, what are you doing out of the car? You're supposed to wait until I come back. I know, I know! But your radio went off, and someone on the other, on the other end said 
There was an explosion at, at the club uptown. I bet my badge at Slip's place. Kid, come with me. You three stay here and sweep the place. If that runt Smalls is hiding, I want you to drag him downtown. Yes, sir. Come on, kid. Get in the car. You all right, kid? <sighs> yeah, my shoulder hurts from being thrown into the car door. But other than that, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Someone tried to kill us. I don't think it was meant for us. But it did kill three police officers. I bet it was Smokey who saved the bomb. He's the best bomb maker in town. Smokey? Where is this Smokey? Can you show me where he lives? Sure. I can. All the gangsters go to him to build bombs. Good. Let me call this in and then we'll pay a visit to old Smokey. There's going to be spades to pay for this. What about the car explosion up town? Jack's probably working on it as we speak. When I arrived at the Swing and Tail Club, a crowd had already gathered, along with the paramedics. Lips Malone was standing near the door with shoulders. And Lips was shaking like a leaf. Why are you here, Manson? You need to be out looking for that ungrateful weasel Smalls. He did this. I know he did. Yeah. That seems to be the consensus these days. Where were you when this happened? Me and Shoulders here were closing up shop. But I forgot my hat. Went back in and, and heard the explosion. I looked at both men over. Shoulders was as cool as a cucumber. He was puffing on a Chesterfield cigarette. His mood never faltered. Even when I questioned him about the explosion, I received the same as when I spoke with him at the hospital. He was born a gangster. He wouldn't say a word. Not even an opinion about it. He was more of a mobster than his boss. I have someone bringing in Smalls, so don't worry about it. Besides, you have shoulders here to protect you. Detective Manson. What is it, Detective Waters? Sir, the operator just reported that Manfred Van Johnson was just shot. Drive-by, they said. Also, Detective York reported that the Smalls Club was blown up, killing three of our guys. Detective York is looking into who set the bomb. I could feel my blood pressure rise. As I looked at Malone standing there alive while three good officers were dead. However, he seemed to be even more shocked than I was. Malone, if there's something you're not telling me, I swear, Detective, there's not. I have no idea why Biggie's doing all of this. And I really don't know how he's doing it either. I mean, he doesn't have that many men or, or clams to pull something like this off. Well, he's getting help from someone. It, it could be Lorraine. Who? Boss, Lorraine worked for me. I said to speak with Biggie earlier. You know, just to fill him out. Well, they have a history. She brought him in. And they ran things for, on the Lower East Side for a time. She taught him how to run a business, you know, the ropes. Taught him everything. I swear, I never understood why she would even bother. But she did. 
Well, she got into a feud with a rival gang that was already established in town. So Biggie, now you didn't hear this from me, but he, well, he bumped off the competition. And she has been loyal ever since. Boss, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff. How did she uh, come to work for you then? She started the pool parlor when I met her. I liked her. She was tough and I could see possibilities in her. She was a good head for business, so I hired her. And then she sold Biggie the, you know, the interest in the pool hall. So, what changed? Why is she not targeting you and Van Johnson? I swear, detective. I have no idea. He just lost his freaking mind. Say, is Manny for sure dead? I have no idea. But if I were you, I would keep a low profile until we bring in Smalls. Yeah, yeah. You got it, sure, sure, detective. Where can I find Marine? What's her last name? Uh, let me see. That's Collins. Her last name is Collins. She runs a shark den casino on the edge of town. Thanks, boys. And Lips, don't go after Biggie. Let us deal with this. Yeah, sure, whatever you say, Detective Manson. While Detroit was cleaning up fires inside the precinct, there was something else brewing. Officer Monroe paced his cell, in mortal fear of his uncertain future, as well as he should. News of the death of his partner inside the hospital sent him into a panic. He knew he would be next. Carl and Bath recovered from their attacks. It seemed the assassin had no time to finish them before the gods heard them fall to the floor. Someone was inside the room before Carl or Bath even went in. But when the officer went in, all they found was the two reporters unconscious. So the theory was, if someone could get into a guarded hospital room, unseen, then they would attempt the same inside a jail cell. The mob will use anyone to carry out their dirty work. They use prisoners who are looking at a life sentence. They use police officers who have fallen on hard times. They're like lions looking for a weak lamb to exploit. They have the money and the influence to carry out nearly anything they desire. But the question that kept filling my mind was, how can Biggie Smalls achieve all of this? He has never been a main player. He was always a small-time crook compared to the likes of Manny or even Lips. But while everyone was running around Detroit extinguishing flames, someone did make their way inside of police headquarters. And they did make it to holding cell four. Look, I didn't say anything. I swear it. I would never betray anyone. Please, please don't. I would never do it. It doesn't matter. Now does it? You're a witness to a failed attempt at a hit. You were paid to do a job and you failed. I have one job to do and that is eliminate you and your partner and the second part is complete. No, wait, someone ha Here you go, out of the back way. Go there, turn left. You'll find your car to the right. Everyone is out looking for Mr. Smalls. Thank you, 
Officer Danforth. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, and Mr. Undertaker, please let the boss know what I did here. Of course. And you will have his thanks. To say the events of the night shook the town would be a gross understatement. And to make matters worse, we were only a couple of weeks away from Christmas. I was bitterly cold. The night was dragging itself closer to morning. The newest detective on the force was Detective Waters, the first female detective in our division. She was a slick New Yorker who transferred to our city to be closer to her dying grandfather. I have to be honest, when she first came on as detective, I, like many others, had reservations about her. But she has proven herself well. Meanwhile, Van Johnson had pulled himself together and went to the only man in the city he truly trusted. And that man is Big Joe Falcone. He drove out to his estate just outside of Detroit. I need to see Mr. Falcone. He's been expecting you. Is that so? Yeah, we heard about what happened. I'm sorry about Marvin. Mr. Falcone's in the library. Come on. News travels fast around here these days. Yeah, that's funny. But Mr. Falcone still has eyes and ears everywhere all over this city. Come right this way. The place looks as good as ever. Come in, son. Sit. Mark, grab Mr. Van Johnson with Cuddy and Water. That's still your drink, right? Yeah, thanks. Mind if I smoke? By all means. So, I haven't heard or seen you in weeks. And now you're coming here. To what do I owe this honor? Marvin's dad thought you were expecting me. My boy, anytime something goes bad in the city, someone dies, I always expect a visitor. I see. Let me condolence. Thank you. But many, welcome to me with this heartbreaking news. Thank you, Mark. Mr. Falcone, please, Manny, call me Joe. You're like my son. I put you where you are because I see something in you, my boy. You are nothing more than a street bomb when I discovered you. And now look at you. You wear the finest clothes, smoke the, the best cigars. What is it that this poor old-time man can do for you? It's Smalls. He has put a hit out on Nips and me. For reasons I don't know. What's more discouraging is that fact he is able to afford such a feat. So you, you come here thinking I might have some insight into this situation? Yeah, something like that. I don't mind telling you I find this insulting. I haven't seen you in a long while. And when I do, you bring me this. You bring this right to my door. You don't stop by to check on the old man. 
You just come here because one of your underlings is out of control. It's more than that. Someone is helping him. And I need to know who. Other than that, the two of us, no one in this city holds that kind of power that you know of. Look, Manny, while you're sitting in your office building eating at the finest restaurants, there are gangsters all over this city making deals, growing stronger. What do you think I got out? I was tired of worrying. If someone was going to kill my family, some young punk might try and make a name for himself by taking a shot at Big Joe Falcone. So I was done. I wanted to retire to keep my family and me safe. That's why I turned it over to you. You're tough, Manny. You have always been tough, even more than me. You can handle this. I know you can, son. And as far as me knowing who is supplying smalls, I can't help you. But speaking from experience, my boy, I can tell you it's probably someone very close to you. Someone that knows you and knows how you operate. I was starting my own house before I went out shooting up the city that provided you with the luxuries you now have become accustomed to. That's right. Of course. I shouldn't have come here and involved you in this matter. And Manny, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Don't ever come back here again. My life and my family are too valuable. Everyone knows you now. Please, I have to turn my back on you. But before you go, I will grant you one request. So what is the one thing you would ask of me? I want the name of Biggie Smalls' closest relative or friend. I miss that gang that has drifted apart. I've got a sad feeling down in my heart. Gee, but I give the world to see that old gang. While Detective Waters and I were heading to answer the call at the station, Roger had made it to where he thought the firebug lived. It was in a rundown part of Detroit called Belmont. So you're saying he lives in this building? Yeah. The last time I saw him, I was here with the mole. What were you doing hanging out with someone like the mole? He's a nutcase. Yeah, well, when you got no family, you do what you can to survive. Alright, kid. Stay here. And this time, I mean it. No matter what you hear on the radio, you stay put. Do you understand me? Yeah, sure. Lock the doors. I'll be back as soon as I can. Hey, Detective York. Yeah. Be careful. The mugs that live around here don't play games. And they don't like the fuzz. Understood, kid. Now sit tight. At the same time, Carl and Beth had decided to take it upon themselves to find out more about Smalls and why he was killing off gangsters. So their first stop to try and find the rat. I guess they figured since they were there when someone tried to hit the rat that he might be willing to fill them in on a little more.
Look, Beth, all I'm saying is that the last time we were with the rat, we nearly got killed. Not at the hospital. That's even worse. We were there surrounded by gods and still we almost got killed. Carl, you don't have to come if you don't want to. But this is the biggest story of our careers. We know Biggie is behind it and no one knows why. So we're... So we have to find out. But what if we get killed and we never find out? <laughs> then it won't matter anyway, will it? Well, that's morbid. Look, there's Minnie. She's going into that apartment building across the street. How can she afford to live there? Are you kidding? The rat's loaded. Okay, come on. This is going to be so bad. Well, Minnie, were you able to get hold of him? No, but I did see a couple of mooks not far from here watching me. What? We need to leave town. This place is getting too hot. Did you try the club? Hurry, hurry, get your stuff packed, hurry. Yeah, nobody was there. Probably closed up. And Shoulders didn't answer his home phone either. They probably got to him already. Why are they doing this, Rat? It's Smalls. He's flipped his lid. He's trying to take over. Now come, come on. We need to leave. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, who is it? It's me, Tony. Open up, Rat. We need to get you out of the city. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, hold on. What are we going to do? Well, how should I know? I should have called for backup. Well, it's too late now. This building should be condemned. The walls are falling in. Whoa, wait a minute, I hear something. Something up ahead. Hmm. Looks like they've been doing... Construction or something here. Oh wait. Oh my gosh. Is that Biggie? But who are the other ones? Yeah, I definitely need some backup. I better go back and Hey! What are you doing here? Oh, I'm I'm just looking for a place to sleep is all. What's going on out there? Small face! I told you that I don't like that name. Yeah. What do you say? Hey, who's this mug? Just looking for a place to lay down, Is that's all. You don't look like no bum to me. Well, thank you. Selfie's loaded. What's going on out here, Biggie? We don't have time for this. Hey, isn't he a cop? and pals, God bless them, but I give the world to see that old gang of mine. Simpson performed by Lori Elijah and Tim Simpson
Come on, boss. So what do you think of Sony's? Mr. Vin Johnson, it's as good as Millie's, right? I think it is. Am I right? Or what? Yeah, Marvin. It wasn't bad. But I have a lot on my mind tonight. Call Giuseppe. Tell him to bring in Smalls. I want to speak with him. And also have Lewis bring in Lips. I want to talk. Boss, get down! Not long before I received the call at Bali's. Lips was getting ready to leave his club. His car exploded and he wasn't in it. However, his driver, Charlie McBrown, was. Charlie left the club to retrieve the car and drive it to the entrance. As soon as he started the ignition, he was incinerated instantly. But Lips escaped unharmed. Forgetting his hat and returning to his office saved his life. Around the same time, Manfred Van Johnson was leaving a restaurant after having a late dinner with a, when a gunman drove past him, firing a Thompson submachine gun. He received a few grazes, but his friend and valet Marvin Capone was killed instantly, shot five times, twice in the head and three times in the back. He died throwing himself over his boss's body. Not long before the two attacks, Roger and three officers were stepping through the doors of the Biggie Smalls pool hall. It doesn't look like anyone's been here for a while. You two spread out and check the back. Smith, stay with me. Biggie Smalls, if you're in here, this is the police. We have a warrant for your arrest. Detective York, no one's in the back. Just a bunch of full liquor bottles. Full. <laughs> Strange. Look around, but be careful. Detective York! Kid, what are you doing out of the car? You're supposed to wait until I come back. I know, I know. But your radio went off, and someone on the other on the other end said there was an explosion at, at the club uptown. I bet my badge at Slip's place. Kid, come with me. You three stay here and sweep the place. If that runt Smalls is hiding, I want you to drag him downtown. Yes, sir. Come on, kid. Get in the car. You all right, kid? <sighs> yeah, my shoulder hurts from being thrown into the car door. But other than that, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Someone tried to kill us. I don't think it was meant for us, but it did kill three police officers. I bet it was Smokey who set off the bomb. He's the best bomb maker in town. Smokey? Where is this Smokey? Can you show me where he lives? Sure, I can. All the gangsters go to him to build bombs. Good. Let me call this in and then we'll pay a visit to old Smokey. There's going to be spades to pay for this. What about the car explosion in the town? Jack's probably working on it as we speak. When I arrived at the Swing and Tail Club, a crowd had already gathered, along with the paramedics. Lips Malone was standing near the door with shoulders, and Lips was shaking like a leaf. Why are you here, Manson? You need to be out looking for that ungrateful weasel Smalls. He did this. I know he did. Yeah, 
That seems to be the consensus these days. Where were you when this happened? Me and Shoulders here were closing up shop. But I forgot my hat. Went back in and, and heard the explosion. I looked at both men over. Shoulders was as cool as a cucumber. He was puffing on a Chesterfield cigarette. His mood never faltered. Even when I questioned him about the explosion. I received the same as when I spoke with him at the hospital. He was born a gangster. He wouldn't say a word. Not even an opinion about it. He was more of a mobster than his boss. I have someone bringing in Smalls, so don't worry about it. Besides, you have shoulders here to protect you. Detective Manson. What is it, Detective Waters? Sir, the operator just reported a man from Van Johnson was just shot. Drive-by, they said. Also, Detective York reported that the Smalls Club was blown up, killing three of our guys. Detective York is looking into who set the bomb. I could feel my blood pressure rise. As I looked at Malone standing there alive while three good officers were dead. However, he seemed to be even more shocked than I was. Malone, if there's something you're not telling me, I swear, Detective, there's not. I have no idea why Biggie's doing all of this. And I really don't know how he's doing it either. I mean, he doesn't have that many men or, or clams to pull something like this off. Well, he's getting help from someone. It, it could be Lorraine. Who? Boss, Lorraine worked for me. I shared to speak with Biggie earlier. You know, just to fill him out. Well, they have a history. She brought him in. And they ran things for, on the Lower East Side for a time. She taught him how to run a business. You know, the ropes. Taught him everything. I swear, I never understood why she would even bother. But she did. Well, she got into a feud with a rival gang that was already established in town. So Biggie, now you didn't hear this from me, but he, well, he bumped off the competition. And she has been loyal ever since. Boss, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff. How did she uh, come to work for you then? She started the pool parlor when I met her. I liked her. She was tough and I could see possibilities in her. She was a good head for business, so I hired her. And then she sold Biggie the, you know, the interest in the pool hall. So, what changed? Why is she not targeting you and Van Johnson? I swear, detective. I have no idea. He just lost his friggin' mind. Say, is Manny for sure dead? I have no idea. But if I were you, I would keep a low profile until we bring in Smalls. Yeah, yeah. You got it, sure, sure, detective. Where can I find Lorraine? What's her last name? Uh, let me see. Collins. Her last name is Collins. She runs a shark den casino on the edge of town. Thanks, boys. And Lips, don't go after Biggie. Let us deal with this. Yeah, sure, whatever you say, Detective Manson. While Detroit was cleaning up fires inside the precinct, there was something else brewing. 
Officer Monroe paced his cell. In mortal fear of his uncertain future, as well as he should. News of the death of his partner inside the hospital sent him into a panic. He knew he would be next. Carl and Bath recovered from their attacks. It seemed the assassin had no time to finish them before the gods heard them fall to the floor. Someone was inside the room before Carl or Bath even went in. But when the officer went in, all they found was the two reporters unconscious. So the theory was, if someone could get into a guarded hospital room, unseen, then they would attempt the same inside a jail cell. The mob will use anyone to carry out their dirty work. They use prisoners who are looking at a life sentence. They use police officers who have fallen on hard times. They're like lions looking for a weak lamb to exploit. They have the money and the influence to carry out nearly anything they desire. But the question that kept filling my mind was, how can Biggie Smalls achieve all of this? He has never been a main player. He was always a small time crook compared to the likes of Manny or even Lips. But while everyone was running around Detroit extinguishing flames, someone did make their way inside of police headquarters. And they did make it to holding cell four. Look, I didn't say anything. I swear it. I would never betray anyone. Please, please don't. I would never do it. It doesn't matter now, does it? You're a witness to a failed attempt at a hit. You were paid to do a job, and you failed. I have one job to do, and that is eliminate you and your partner. And the second part is complete. No, wait, someone ha Here you go, out of the back way. Go there, turn left. You'll find your car to the right. Everyone is out looking for Mr. Smalls. Thank you, Officer Danforth. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, and Mr. Undertaker, please let the boss know what I did here. Of course. And you will have his thanks. To say the events of the night shook the town would be a gross understatement. And to make matters worse, we were only a couple of weeks away from Christmas. I was bitterly cold. The night was dragging itself closer to morning. The newest detective on the force was Detective Waters, the first female detective in our division. She was a slick New Yorker who transferred to our city to be closer to her dying grandfather. I have to be honest, when she first came on as detective, I, like many others, had reservations about her. But she has proven herself well. Meanwhile, Van Johnson had pulled himself together and went to the only man in the city he truly trusted. And that man is Big Joe Falcone. He drove out to his estate just outside of Detroit. I need to see Mr. Falcone. He's been expecting you. Is that so? Yeah, we heard about what happened. I'm sorry about Marvin. Mr. Falcone's in the library. 
Come on. News travels fast around here these days. Yeah, that's funny. But Mr. Falcone still has eyes and ears everywhere all over this city. Come right this way. The place looks as good as ever. Come in, son. Sit. Mark, grab Mr. Van Johnson a cutty and water. That's still your drink, right? Yeah, thanks. Mind if I smoke? By all means. So, I haven't heard or seen you in weeks, and now you're coming here. To what do I owe this honor? Marvin's dad thought you were expecting me. My boy, anytime something goes bad in the city, someone dies, I always expect a visitor. I see. Let me condolence. Thank you. But many, welcome to me with this heartbreaking news. Thank you, Mark. Mr. Falcone, please, Manny, call me Joe. You're like my son. I put you where you are because I see something in you, my boy. You are nothing more than a street bum when I discovered you. And now look at you. You wear the finest clothes, smoke the, the best cigars. What is it that this poor old tired man can do for you? It's Smalls. He has put a hit out on Nips and me. For reasons I don't know. What's more discouraging is that fact he is able to afford such a feat. So you, you come here thinking I might have some insight into this situation? Yeah, something like that. I don't mind telling you I find this insulting. I haven't seen you in a long while. And when I do, you bring me this. You bring this right to my door. You don't stop by to check on the old man. You just come here because one of your underlings is out of control. It's more than that. Someone is helping him. And I need to know who. Other than that, the two of us, no one in this city holds that kind of power that you know of. Look, Manny. Well, you're sitting in your office building, eating at the finest restaurants. There are gangsters all over this city making deals, growing stronger. What do you think I got out? I was tired of worrying. If someone was going to kill my family, some young punk might try and make a name for himself by taking a shot at Big Joe Falcone. So I was done. I wanted to retire to keep my family and me safe. That's why I turned it over to you. You're tough, Manny. You have always been tough, even more than me. You can handle this. I know you can, son. And as far as me knowing who is supplying smalls, I can't help you. But speaking from experience, my boy, I can tell you it's probably someone very close to you. Someone that knows you and knows how you operate. I was starting my own house before I went out, shooting up the city that provided you with the luxuries you now have become accustomed to. That's right. Of course, I shouldn't have come here and involved you in this matter. 
And Manny, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Don't ever come back here again. My life and my family are too valuable. Everyone knows you now. Please, I have to turn my back on you. But before you go, I will grant you one request. So what is the one thing you would ask of me? I want the name of Biggie Smalls' closest relative or friend. I miss that gang that has drifted apart. I've got a sad feeling down in my heart. Gee, but I give the world to see that while Detective Waters and I were heading to answer the call at the station, Roger had made it to where he thought the firebug lived. It was in a rundown part of Detroit called Belmont. So you're saying he lives in this building? Yeah. The last time I saw him, I was here with the mole. What were you doing hanging out with someone like the mole? He's a nutcase. Yeah, well... When you got no family, you do what you can to survive. Alright kid, stay here. And this time, I mean it. No matter what you hear on the radio, you stay put. Do you understand me? Yeah, sure. Lock the doors. I'll be back as soon as I can. Hey Detective York. Yeah. Be careful. The mugs that live around here don't play games. And they don't like the fuzz. Understood, kid. I'll sit tight. At the same time, Carl and Beth had decided to take it upon themselves to find out more about Smalls and why he was killing off gangsters. So their first stop to try and find the rat. I guess they figured since they were there when someone tried to hit the rat, that he might be willing to fill them in on a little more. Look, Beth, all I'm saying is that the last time we were with the rat, we nearly got killed. Not at the hospital. That's even worse. We were there surrounded by gods and still we almost got killed. Carl, you don't have to come if you don't want to. But this is the biggest story of our careers. We know Biggie is behind it and no one knows why. So we're... So we have to find out. But what if we get killed and we never find out? Then it won't matter anyway, will it? Well, that's morbid. Look, there's Minnie. She's going into that apartment building across the street. How can she afford to live there? Are you kidding? The rat's loaded. Okay, come on. This is going to be so bad. Well, Minnie, were you able to get hold of him? No, but I did see a couple of mooks not far from here watching me. What? We need to leave town. This place is getting too hot. Did you try to the club? Hurry. Hurry, get your stuff packed. Hurry. Yeah, nobody was there. Probably closed up. And Shoulders didn't answer his home phone either. They probably got to him already. Why are they doing this, Rat? It's Smalls. He's flipped his lid. He's trying to take over. Now come, come on. We need to leave. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, who is it? It's me, 
Tony, open up, rat. We need to get you out of the city. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, hold on. What are we going to do? Well, how should I know? I should have called for backup. Well, it's too late now. This building should be condemned. The walls are falling in. Whoa, wait a minute, I hear something. Something up ahead. Hmm. Looks like they've been doing construction or something here. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Is that Biggie? But who are the other ones? Yeah, I definitely need some backup. I better go back and... Hey! What are you doing here? Oh, I'm, I'm just looking for a place to sleep is all. What's going on out there? Small face. I told you that I don't like that name. Yeah. Whatever you say, hey, who's this mug? Just looking for a, for a place to lay down, Is that's all. You don't look like no bum to me. Well, thank you. See if he's loaded. What's going on out here, Biggie? We don't have time for this. Hey. Isn't he a cop? Tim Simpson Performed by Lori Simpson Elijah Simpson and Tim Simpson Detective Roger York stumbled upon the hideout of Biggie Smalls. He was searching for a man who goes by the name of Smokey. The nickname derives from the fact that Smokey likes to set fires and occasionally blow stuff up. He is good at his craft. Better yet, for the mob, he works cheaply and knows how to keep his mouth shut. Biggie, get numbers and scram. I'm sure this cop's not alone. What? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But, but what about you? Will you be all right? Hey, what about me? You don't care about me? This is the end of the road for us, doll. Now, be quiet. Biggie, go. We'll stall them. Nobody move. We have all you surrounded. Oh, no. There's more of them. Relax. Listen, cop. If you don't keep your yap shut, We'll plug you, got me? I hear you. But if you turn yourself in, you'll probably be doing both of you a favor. Unless you want to end up dead in this rotting place. Hey, I live upstairs here. Last chance. What are we going to do? We give up. Are you crazy? They're cops. This isn't about them. If it goes south, we kill a cop. 
They'll never stop until we're pushing up daisies. Now give this cop here your gun. Biggie should have had enough time to get away by now. Fine, here. You're clever, miss. Yeah, but now there's no way to keep Biggie under control. What do you mean by that? Well, smart guy, she means that since she's not with Biggie, he's liable to do anything now. She was his only conscience. Without her, <laughs> he's a loose cannon. Well, that may be, but neither of you is going free. Come on. Come on in, boys. They gave themselves up. Hey, wait a minute. You ain't no cop. What are you doing here, Dylan? <laughs> Funny you should ask, Lorraine. I was tracking old Biggie. His wife wants her alimony payment. And surprise, surprise. No one could find him. But I know where he likes to hide out. You followed me, didn't you? I knew the other night it was a mistake. Oh, come on, Da. Don't be like that. Say, where's that run at anyway? You know Biggie as well as I do, Dylan. You know he won't stop until he finishes what he set out to do. Oh, yeah, and what's that? Whatever his new boss tells him. Dylan Shepard is the local P.I. He was once a cop. In fact, he was a detective. He left because of the corruption that had begun seeping its way into the department. He wanted to go on his own. And in doing so, he made his presence known in the underworld. Although he has very little dealings with the mob, that's not to say he doesn't cross paths with them from time to time. He works with a solid crew and has an office downtown, not far from Manny's building. While he and Roger were wrapping things up with Lorraine, Carl and Beth found themselves in another situation that they were not prepared for. Hey, look up there! Is that the rat and Minnie climbing down the fire escape? Yeah, I think so. Let's get back to the car. So, I'm guessing the guy that went in behind Minnie is not a friend. Come on, Carl. Let's drive over there and pick him up. What? Are you, are you serious? Why? It's obvious. What's obvious? With everything going on, you don't think that... Look up there! He's shooting from that window! Now drive! Okay, fine. But I'll never forgive you if you get me killed. for Smalls, or I guess. I guess the word's out now. They're going to kill everyone that knows anything about this situation. Yeah, what situation? Come on, Carl. Everyone knows Biggie has fallen off his rocker. He wants everyone involved dead. Hey, how are we involved? Are you kidding? How are we not involved? Oh, right. Well, you know, Beth, uh, I have been thinking. It's not a good thing for you to try, Carl, especially now. I like her! Oh, ha, ha. Anyway, 
like I said, I've been thinking about us. Yeah, so have I. Oh yeah? Really? Like what? Well, I was reading in the paper about a man running around New York knock knocking off criminals. The press there is calling him the Jaguar. I think we should check it out. What were you thinking? Well, I wasn't thinking about the Jaguar. I was thinking if we make it through this alive, well, maybe we should get married. Congratulations, Carl! Are you crazy, Carl? There's no congratulations. We're not getting married. Oh, that's a shame. Why not? Why not? Do you really need reasons? Oh, hell. Well, for one thing, Carl, you are completely shiftless. Well, I can't help that. It's a standard transmission. Not your car, Carl. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I know what you mean, tits. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? There, right there. There's no such word as that. It's that, you mook. Hey, don't you mook me. Okay, okay, everyone. Just calm down. I think we're safe. No one seems to be following us. We need to get the two of you to the police station. So what do you think, Carl? No, I don't want to marry you now. No, about New York. What do you think about going to New York? Sheesh. Dykes will never go for it. Are you kidding? This is the story of the century. Oh yeah, I thought we were working on the story of the century. Well, this story might just be the story of the year. So we're going to get killed for a story of the year now. Carl, you should be thrilled that I'm even asking you to go. Okay, fine. If we survive this, we will ask you. Good. That is all I ask. Can I go too? Hey! Oh, sorry, Pumpkin Face. Can we go too? Um, I'll think about it. Great! We already have our stuff packed. Oh, brother. Let's get to the station without anyone else talking. At that moment, I found myself staring at the lifeless body of Officer Monroe. How could you let someone walk in and shoot a witness? He was right here in the cell. We had him. He was ready to spill everything. Who was on duty when this happened? Well, <laughs> uh, I believe it was Officer Danforth. But look, Jack, uh, with most of our men out looking looking for smalls and working the attempt on Mr. Uh, I mean, uh, Man for Van Johnson's life and the whole thing with the, uh, the Swing and Tail Club and all, well, uh, we're, we're stressed to our limits and, and we still haven't heard from your partner yet. All right, Captain. Roger is chasing down a lead to the bombings. It's no secret that Captain Benjamin Harrison, no relation to the president, is on Manny's payroll. But overall, he lets us do our job uninhibited. Well, unless we really start stepping on Manny's toes. Which is, uh, which I have a feeling that's going to happen very soon. Bombings, uh, uh as in plural, there was, there was more bombings? Yeah, Small's joint was hit also. Jack, look! Roger! Where were you? We were just talking about you. Who's that? Her name's Lorraine, and uh, I believe you know Swartz here. Yeah, Smallface. Hey! So you're Lorraine. Well, your boss isn't very happy with you. 
So what's new? He's never happy. What happened, Raj? Detective York charged in with guns blazing, and this other guy, Dylan, showed up. You took the kid with you? What was Shepard doing there? Shepard was looking for Biggie's ex-wife or something. And the kid here knew where Smokey lived. And be quiet, kid. None of it happened like that. I'm impressed, Raj. Where's Dylan now? He went after Biggie. After I arrested these two, we went looking for Smalls. But he snuck out the back. Who's helping Smalls, Lorraine? Look, cop. I don't know anything. I owe Biggie a favor. And now it's paid. I don't know if either of you knows this yet. But there's three officers were killed tonight. And if we link the two of you to that, well, not even Ben Johnson will be able to save you from the law. Are you threatening us, Johnny Law? No threat at all, small face. I'm giving you a friendly warning. If the two of you were involved, this whole city will lynch the parody. Look, Manson, we weren't trying to kill any cops. This isn't your fight. But if some were killed, we had nothing to do with it. And who did? Biggie's working for someone powerful. Even more powerful than Ben Johnson? Yeah. Biggie wouldn't give me his name. All I know is he has money to burn on this little vendetta of his. He bought away most of Lip's men and some of Manny's. The ones he couldn't, well, you saw what happened at the card game. Yeah, I saw it all right. Hiya, Jackson. You better hide these two. They sent Fat Tony and Bug Eyes after them tonight. Carl, are you involved also? Carl and Beth, I told the two of you to stay out of trouble. Hey, listen, Copper. These two mooks saved our lives. Oh, brother. Well, Lorraine, it looks like you have a lot more talking to do tonight. Detective Manson, I'll give you a friendly warning. You had better be careful, because the big man won't stop with Manny and Lips that much, I know. Thanks, Lorraine, but... Detective Manson, we just received word Manny left the hospital. What? I thought I told you to have some guards in his room and not to leave him alone. I ordered her, Jack. Captain Harrison? Why? What do you think? We need all available men looking for smalls, of course. Well, you won't have to worry about that. We'll be the first to find him. I might know where he's going. Lorraine, don't! Ma, hurry. Get your bags packed. We need to go now. They're after... Uh, hey, Mr. Van Johnson, what are you doing here? Just enjoying this cigar. Drinking a little of this cheap whiskey I found in your cupboard. But, but, but how, how did... How did I find you? Huh, that was easy. I just asked the right people. Where's numbers hiding? I, I don't know. I swear. Alright then, we'll play it that way. Tell me, Smalls, who's pulling your strings? 
Strings! <laughs> what strings? Whoa, whoa, what's taking the ball so long? Be quiet, Shaky. He said to wait until he gets his mother. He's only been in there a minute, so we will wait. What's shaking, Numbers? Dylan, what are you doing here? Don't touch that heater under your arm, Shaky. I got my boy Max on the other side of this car. It's hard to see him through the window with what with it being dark out here and all. So tell me, Numbers, is Big inside? Pulling strings? What do you mean strings? I ain't got no strings. I, I work alone. You know that, boss. Not true, Biggie. Someone has put you up to this. Someone sent you on this little temper tantrum of yours to try and kill us. You couldn't be doing this alone. No, no, no one is helping me, helping me do anything. I swear it, boss. I swear it. Alright then. I'll just assume it's all on you. Put the gun away, please, Mr. Van Johnson, please. And tell me the truth. Drop the gun, Mr. Van Johnson. Undertaker. So, whoever's helping Smalls has you working for him also. Well, I... <laughs> well now, since you're going to die anyway, Mr. Van Johnson, uh, you might as well know who I'm working for. I knew it. I knew you were working for someone. You couldn't be doing this on your own. I'm all ears, Smalls. Tell me. Well, Mr. Van Johnson, <laughs> your old boss, Big Joe Falcone. <laughs> well, I guess the old man was right. It is someone close to me after all. If you've never been to Detroit in the winter, I'm here to tell you, it's the worst. It never stops snowing. It's so cold that your face freezes. Icicles form on your mustache and beard. It's the worst, but it's where I live. My name is Jack Manson. This is my town. This is my city. I love it here. A lot has happened in my city within the last few weeks. And now, we come to the end of the trail. When Biggie Smalls arrived at his house, or I should say his mother's house, I'm not sure he had ever owned anything in his life. He was surprised to see Manfred Van Johnson sitting in his mother's Victorian chair. Manny, as usual, was dressed in his long black overcoat with a red scarf tucked neatly inside. His Homburg hat cocked arrogantly to the left and that stinking cigar he always smokes tight between his lips. But then things heated up. He drew his high power pistol at Smalls only to find out Smalls was working for Manny's old mentor and boss, Joe Falcone. The same boss that sent the undertaker to head off Manny since it was Falcone who gave Manny 
Biggie's address in the first place. It was nothing more than a setup on Falcone's part. Melvin, you have friends over. Are they staying for dinner? Ma, I told you, don't call me Melvin. Forgive us, Mrs. Smalls. But I need to speak with your son about some business dealings. Are you boys playing cops and robbers? Oh, you mean this here? Both of us will put these away, won't we? Yeah, sure. Good. Hey, you sucker punched him! I'm not going down that easy, Vin Johnson. What's going on in there? Manny and, and the Undertaker are fighting it out. I, I need to get out of here. You're not going anywhere. Hey, Dylan. Who's in all those cars coming there? Dylan, you set me up. How did I set you up? It didn't take long before Lorraine spilled her guts about the rest of Biggie's plan. After Lips and Manny were out of the way, he was... He was going to be put on top as boss of bosses by the unnamed organizer of said plan. Then the attention would be turned to the PD. Luckily for Lorraine, she told us where we might find Biggie. And she was right. The only thing she didn't know was that Manny would be there first. Roger, you take Curtis and Long and flank the left. Waters, you take Russ and Jones and go to the right. Biggie, it's been a while since we've seen each other. You've been a bad boy. You got nothing on me, Manson. Oh, yeah? I'm sorry, Biggie. It was for your own protection. You know they would kill you, doll. This is a trick. That's That ain't Lorraine. It, it can't be Lorraine, Numbers. Numbers, where are you, Numbers? I'm right here, boss. Where, where have you been? Why didn't you help me? You told me to wait in the car. And Dylan had his men keep guns on us. So we couldn't go anywhere. Dylan, who's inside the house? Ben Johnson and the Undertaker. Who's the Undertaker? Don't ask. Jack, there's only an old woman in the house. Hey, that's my mother. Thanks, Roger. Whoever was here must have taken off the side street alley. No sign of anyone. Are you ready to talk yet, Smalls? I want to see my lawyer. The freezing night turned into a freezing day. Manny was gone, as I expected. We searched his house and office building, but it was nowhere to be found. We only needed him as a witness anyway. We had no charges against him at this point. He was, for the first time, a victim in all of this. So we went ahead and began moving forward by bringing a mountain of charges against Biggie. 
who still refused to give up the power behind the throne. Also indicted were Lorraine Collins and everyone who was working for her at the time of the incidents. Several of the others, such as Fat Tony and Bug Eyes Gallo, were still on the run. After we threatened to press charges against Smallface for killing the three officers at the pool hall, he readily gave up Smokey, who in turn began giving up others who aided in the attack on Manny and the Trigger Man who killed Monroe's partner as he lay in the hospital. He also told us where we could find the Undertaker. He worked out of a crematorium and funeral home downtown, but after an extensive search, we could find nothing but a charred remains of people who still had some IDs on them and were known gangsters in Lipsmer's own crew. But we couldn't find the man responsible for their deaths. But at least the worst was over, and Christmas was only a week away. So Molly organized a Christmas party at the Club Jazz. And I couldn't come up with an excuse for being absent. However, nearly everyone in town wanted to make an appearance. Everyone except for Big Joe Falcone, that is. He chose instead to dine at his favorite restaurant uptown. Welcome back to Millie's, Mr. Falcone. We have missed you. Would you like your usual? Yes, Diane. Thank you. And it's good to be back. So, Johnny, what's the word on the trial? Uh, Smiles will uh, definitely swing for it. Uh, Judge Walker was paid, and <laughs> and Smalls will be sent into the big house, <laughs> and our boys will take care of him there. Although that bird Lorraine is <laughs> she's turning states on us, <laughs> we need to we need to act pretty quickly with her, boss. Call the Undertaker, and fancy running into you here, man. <laughs> No, it's all right, Johnny. Don't make a scene. Mind if I sit? Please. You know there are a lot of people looking for you. Yeah. You don't say. You mean people like Tony? Well, you'll find him in a hotel near Nine Mile. And his buddy Bug Eyes is near the MacArthur Bridge. Is anybody going to eat that? Oh, and there's the Undertaker, of course. Well, let's just say, he and I have worked out in the range. I told you, <laughs> you were tough. Now, what is it you want, Manford? So, <laughs> it's Manford now, not Manny. I want to know why. Why did you send Smalls after us? Business is good. Things were moving smoothly. I told you, you're becoming too well known. You are forgetting where you came from. For instance, did you know Lips has been working with some drug dealers? He's been running heroin through our streets, Manny. If you knew this and let him, then you brought in trouble we don't need. Drugs put a spotlight on our entire operation. You can go to prison for years as if you committed a murder. But if you didn't know, Manny, if you didn't know this, then that makes you incompetent. And I can't have someone incompetent running my town. 
I knew about lips. And I was fixing it. I was working on that situation. But how did it all happen? Mr. Falcone, I mean, with Smalls, how did Smalls figure into this? He came to me. He was disgruntled about his situation. And he called me at my home, Manny, at my home, seeking advice. I told him to sit tight. However, the call was fortuitous. I thought, I thought it over. I told him I would give him the funds and the men he needs. But he has to eliminate you and lips. Two birds as it were. I'm sorry, man. But I needed a job done. And he needed reckoning. I made sure he wasn't to tell anyone that I aided him. Make it his own mission, his own ideas. Then, once it was all done, I would reward him with a seat at the head of the table. He would have what he had always wanted, to be the boss of an outfit. Good plan. But what was your real plan? You know me too well, son. After he took the fall for Yours and Lip's death, I would, <laughs> I would reestablish Detroit and place Vinny in charge. My brother Vinny? Yes. He has been working for me in Flint. I told him I would bring him up and give him your place. <laughs> Smalls would have done all of the labor. And all I had to do was get rid of Smalls. Your brother has turned Flint around. We have a thriving business there. He is, well, what you used to be. Nice little plan. But you forgot one thing. Oh yeah? And what is that? Me. I don't roll over so easily. You killed my friend for nothing. Now, you're going to know how it feels. You see, there is something my brother has that I don't. And what is that, Manny? A conscience. Goodbye, boss. Manny, what have you done? Enjoy your meal. Want me to go after him? No, wait, Johnny. Mr. Falcone, phone call for you. Thank you. Let him go, Johnny. We'll talk to him again. I promise. This is Falcone. What? When? No, that's not possible. There's a bit of mistake. You you must be mistaken. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> what is it? What is it, boss? What's wrong? It's my wife. She's been... She's been killed. Van Johnson! I'll see you dead, Van Johnson! Tell me, what do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Well, it's simple and it's plain. It isn't tied with ribbons. Or wrapped in cellophane If Santa passes by my stocking I promise not to mind a lot The only thing I want for Christmas Is just to keep the things that I've got <laughs>
As the world was about to say hello to Christmas and goodbye to 1954, Molly threw a spectacular party with live music, catered food, and free drinks. So tonight, the club was overflowing with patrons from all races and colors. It seemed the mob and the police alike were mingling as if they were old pals. And the sad truth is, some of them are. Hiya, Jackson. Say, is that Andy Kenner up there? Yeah, he was friends with Jazz. Glad you can make it. Where's Beth? I don't know. Probably trying to keep the rat and his girl out of trouble. Are you still hanging around with them? Well, you remember Carl. Yes, I do. I read his stuff every morning. Hello, Carl. Good Lord. You read his stuff? How can you stay so smart? Oh, <laughs> funny, Jack. So anyway... I want to say goodbye. You're leaving? Already? No. I mean, you know, Beth and I are heading to New York. She found a, some sort of lead. Yeah, she wants me to follow. So, until we go. Wow. Good luck, my friend. But, you should wait till the weather clears up first. You know how. Hey, Jack. You're about ready to head out, Carl. We already have reservations. Hiya, Mook. Say, this is a swell party. Is that Eddie Kenner? Uh, thanks. Um, I'll grab some drinks, Jack. Go ahead, Beth. I'll meet you in the car. I'll just finish saying goodbye. Oh, how sweet. Get out of here. Don't tell me you're taking them with you. I might need a shield. Say, where's Waller's lip at? Thanks, man. Roger's staying home. He's a family man, you know. Whatever happened to the kid? He won't believe it. I'm talking about adopting him. He's leaving at the Yorks now. You know, out of the three of us, I think he has the biggest heart. Well, Jackson, I'll see you, old pal. Yeah, speak for yourself, Kyle. Be careful in New York, though. And we'll have us looking out for you. Are you kidding? I have something more powerful. And she's probably furious since I'm not in the car yet. So long, Jackson. You too, Mom. Bye, Carl. Hey, look. Dylan made it. Dylan, over here. Hey, Molly. Hey, Jack. Say, this is a nice joint. I don't think I've been in here since Jazz owned it. Thanks. Dylan figured you would have a date tonight. Nope. Heading out early in the morning. Going to Chicago. A PEI friend of mine needs some help there. She just started up her business. I'm going to lend a hand for a spell. Who's going to hold the fort down here? Max. He's going to run things a while. I have Donnie and Tanya helping him out, so he'll be fine. Safe travels, old pal. Thanks, Jack. I think I'll grab a drink before I go. Sure, Dylan. And it's on me. Thanks, Doc. See you, Jack. Hey, Doc. Where you been? Doc Weaver is one of the kind. He was in the mob and turned informant. And, and with his testimony, he sent several men away. But he walks around in the open. Not a care in the world. Refusing police protection. He has cancer. 
He isn't expected to live more than three months. That's why he's not afraid, I guess. Simply put, Doc is a deadly man. He is from the deep south and has a short fuse of a temper. The reason everyone calls him Doc has to do with the fact that he spent two years in medical school. While starving to become a doctor, he was offered to run some booze for the mob to make extra money. He ended up finding more money in that than school, so he left school. Hello, Hello, Molly. I've been around this thing. Our association began when he turned state evidence. He's not the usual company I keep, but he has helped me on several cases in the past. I believe congratulations are would have thought Smalls had it in. Here, Doc. Let me get you a drink. Thank you, Molly. Oh, well. Would you look at that? Is that Ben Johnson? He surrounded himself with some mighty big mugs this time. Yeah, we've been looking for it. Thank you again, Molly. And well, I will leave you to it then, John. Mr. Weaver, it's been a while. Mr. Van Johnson, a pleasure as always. Well, folks, I must bid you all good evening. Van Johnson, we've been looking everywhere for you, Van Johnson. Well, detective, you seem to have found. Yeah, speaking of found, I found a couple of your boys the other day. Is that so? <laughs> How are they doing? You're not curious as to which ones? Not in particularly, no. Well, let's just say they're both dead. Very sad. So what were you wanting to speak with me about? You were there at Small's place, weren't you? I'm not sure where Small's lives. I mean, <laughs> I've been busy reorganizing my affairs. You know, with all the chaos going on of late. Yeah, I bet you have. Is that an insinuation, Detective? Come on, Manny. Why play games? I know what you did. You can hide behind these thugs all you want. But I know you. I know who's on your payroll inside the PD. I know which judge is in your pocket. It's only a matter of time before... Okay. Okay. You've had your say, Detective. I realize you've been building that up for some time now. And I appreciate the frankness in your approach. Everyone around me sugarcoats their feelings. But you don't. And I respect that. Now, I will offer you the same courtesy. As you know me, I also know you. I know about your partner and his new family member. I know about your lovely girlfriend here and her mountain of debt. I know of Doc Weaver's illness. I know Dylan Shepard's leaving town, leaving his business wide open. I also know that a few minutes ago, two reporters left Detroit with a couple of rats. So you see, Detective, I know everyone you care about. So as you said, Let's not play games, because in this city, I hold all the cards. Are you threatening me? Jack! Not any more than you were insinuating 
I had something to do with those deaths. Now, if the two of you will excuse me, I think I'll find a table and maybe have a drink or two. Oh, and Molly here. What's this? You can open the envelope later and consider it a Christmas gift. Come on, boys. You need to be careful with him, Jack. So you gonna open it? Sure. Uh, it's the deed to the club. Jazz had a loan against the club, and I was about to lose it. As Van Johnson said, Jazz left me with a mountain of debt. I went to the bank several times to ask for an extension. I thought I was going to have to switch locations. Yeah, Van Johnson just happened to know all of that. Like he knows everything in this town. That deed changes nothing between him and me. I know, Jack, but he did save my club. Yeah, but I'm sure he'll request something in return. Please, come in. The boss has been expecting you. Come in, Mr. Poe. Please sit down and warm yourself by the fire. I have a situation with an old employee of mine. It seems he has been systematically killing off my family and friends. I want him dead, and you came highly recommended. Thank you, Mr. Falcone. What is the target's name? Manfred Van Johnson. I am sorry, Mr. Falcone, but I must respectfully decline. What? Why? I don't understand. Why? Because I uh, value my life, Mr. Falcone. I'm sorry for your losses, but I must go now. Manny, I will kill him. I swear I will kill him. Myself I will kill him. I will rip his heart out. Come on, Shoulders. I, I want to go to this party. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Go, go get the car. Go check the car. Go, go. Are you kidding? I ain't getting in there. So why? What do we do? We take a cab? No, but I ain't getting in that car. You know what happened the last time. Shout us. I mean it. I want you to... <laughs> boss! Boss, get up! Boss, boss, get up! It seems like forever since we danced, Jack. I know, Maul. How long have we been together now? I don't know, maybe a year or two? Come on, Jack. Two years, three months, and four days. So when are you gonna get serious about me, Jack? I'm, uh, well, I, I'm serious as I... Lean down here and kiss me, you babbling fool. From all of us in the Noir family, we want to wish you and all of your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Alright then, what an episode. What's with uh, 
with old Pat there. I mean, what's what's <laughs> well, that was quite the interview, Eli. Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, uh, I guess whenever she eats her cereal, she's also eating a muscle cockroach. She she's got glaucoma. I mean, she can't see it that well, so yeah. she's like. And she and she's got to take her medicine at a certain time because of bugs get into her medicine and stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. Um, oh, and, and her new book. Oh yeah, her new book is called uh, Whiskers Wh- of a Cockroach. Whiskers of a Cockroach. Yeah, yes. In the in the story behind it, she says it's because uh, she was in the kitchen or something. Then yeah. she was looking at a cockroach. And I was she like, followed it. Yeah, yeah crazy. And her pet alligator? What's up with that? I didn't know she had a pet alligator. <laughs> and for ever since she called when the alligator was young a pup. Yeah, she called it a pup. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wait, yeah. Wait. And and she had to chase that one off the porch because it was after a dog. Wait, what? How, how do you know all this? Was was it in the studio? Yeah, I was sitting outside the door. Oh. I was in there with Melvin. What are you talking about? We oh, I didn't. Oh, um, did you see um Ron how he was acting? Well, he wasn't acting that bad. I mean, he was just doing his nonsense. Hey, did someone call my name? Uh, no, no, Ron. I thought you were gone. No, I was back here eating. Uh, I wasn't doing anything. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, uh, and also, all my, um, all that were carnival peanuts went missing. Yeah, yeah, we heard that. Dude. Yeah, I think. Melvin and I were back there looking for them, too. Yeah, because because uh, um, I actually have um because we have the snacks in two places the one in the studio and then one in the break room. Right, right. So so I don't know, but it was, anyways, do y'all it was, do y'all know what um tonight is? Sure, it's New Year's Eve. You know, I wished everybody a happy New Year's and everything in this podcast, which was cool. Yes. And his uh, interview there. Do we have any New Year's resolutions? Things that we want to try to do different. Mm. Do you have anything you want to? You know what New Year's resolution is, Eli? I know, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. You don't know. What about uh, getting bigger people for your interviews and stuff? That's a good resolution. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, I always think big. What about you, babe? What What would you? Uh, what's your New Year's resolution? I am going to eat better. And hopefully join the gym. Oh, okay. Everybody says that at the beginning, but you have to stick with it. You know that, right? Uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yes. You have to stick with it. Um, so anyway, that's our final episode for the season. Oh, what, yours? Oh, what? Your um, resolution. Resolution? Yes, resolution. Um, I guess... I don't, I don't really know. I, maybe to eat healthier or something. I don't know. Uh, okay. Listen, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, anyway, stay tuned after this, and you will get a free audiobook. Ooh, audiobook. Yes, the promo codes will be coming up soon. But real quick, we just want to wish everybody a happy and safe new year. Um, we have many blessings and we are very thankful and I'm excited about 2024. Yes, I am too. We, uh, I do have a lot of, uh, book ideas. I've got, uh, an idea for a new play for our next season podcast. I'm excited for the new iPhone 16. Very cool. Uh, 
<laughs> Creatively, what have you got planned? Uh. For your podcast and stuff. I mean, come on. See, I've got uh, I've got some uh, a book, several books in mind to write. I've got uh, this is all for next year, and I've got uh, a play I want to do. It's going to be something very unusual. And <clears throat> pardon me, all of us are going to be in it. Oh. <clears throat> it's going to be about a uh, professor <clears throat> and his two assistants who travel around to see if old stories are true, like uh, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. They're going to go to Sleepy Hollow to see if the, that legend was actual, true or not, and you'll be surprised at the answer. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. So that's some stuff I'm doing creatively for next year. And our our next season will start in March. Yes, we're coming back in March. Um, right. So we're taking just a couple of months off. There's going to be um, new authors to interview. Right. And possibly catch up with some of the previous authors to see what they're doing now. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, what about you? What's what? What do you got planned? I mean, we've got plans. You got any plans for your uh, your Eli's moment? I'll be singing in that room. Okay. Okay. Well, until next time, uh, I guess next year. Just uh, keep those pages turning. <laughs>